All right, Steve. So you know, and frequent listeners of the show know that here for like months now, I have been mentally plumbing the depths of the possibilities of A.C. Slater and his various seating positions. Now, I know I'm starting <laughs> yeah, to sound uh-huh. like a man just obsessed with this, and that's because I am. I can't quit yeah, thinking yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. The man has that's his backward true. sitting compulsions. We've talked about him, uh-huh. how he drives a car. Um, all true. kinds of other, <laughs> other options, on toilet. missionary right, sex, all kinds of weird right. things. <laughs> now, here is uh-huh. a fucking a, a logic, uh, a logic problem for you. Tell me how gotcha. this works. What happens when you encounter an AC Slater? Maybe he comes over to your house and you're like, "Hey, grab a seat," and you you push a stool in front of him. What happens? Oh shit. <laughs> All right. You think he just I, like he just circles it endlessly? He's like, "Where's the front side? Where's the front? I can't figure it out." And he just goes around it in circles. I, I mean, w- yes, I do. Th- I do think <laughs> that he is much like a dog. Like he would just be sniffing around it. I just can't the entire just can't, time, and then can't. probably just sit on the floor. Like, <laughs> nope, can't do it. Uh, I think another possibility is that he 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 after circling it a few times, he turns it upside down and sits. In between the legs, <laughs> he's like, I just gotta, I gotta flip it and reverse it somehow. Right? Yeah. The original when Missy does, Elliott. When he does it, he sits down and he's like, "What's up, preppy?" Like he does it like he's cool somehow. <laughs> and he pulls it off. Is the thing he does? Yeah. Good. Like it. Le- like as he leaves the room, three women follow him. Like it's just natural, natural attraction to a guy who would do that. Dude, if I ever meet Missy Elliott, the first thing I'm going to ask is, so when you talked about flipping it and reverse it, were you talking about slatering a chair? <laughs> and she'd be like, yeah. Slatering a chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was. I guarantee you Missy was you talking me exactly out. about that. Yeah. Slatering a chair, man. <laughs> Maybe that's how you like invent a perpetual motion machine. You just put a chair in front of a slater and he's just around right. it, around it, around it. Yeah, and you figure around, out a way around, to like, around, never stops, generate yeah. electricity off of it or something. Like power an entire city <laughs> off of slater I energy. So. <laughs> I think that'd work, man. You know what you do? You put him on you put him on some of those uh, caffeine pills that Jesse was taking. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, yo no, yeah, he'll never stop. <laughs> I think that's what you do if you ever like encounter a rogue Slater that's like chasing you in pursuit. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah. find a stool, throw it in front of him. It'll just throw him off the trail immediately. <laughs> I, love, I love that we're opening our, our podcast with uh, immediate alienation of the people who aren't uh, fans of a show that was around for what, five years? <laughs> Okay, here's the thing, though. If I checked out a new podcast for the first time and it started off with a several minute long oh, conversation about Slater yeah, and they referenced they talked about this multiple times before, I would have to listen through the entire back catalog. Yep. I got to know. I got to hear all times. the Slater talk. <laughs> I mean, one was last week, and then there's boy, they're buried in those other episodes, man. Yeah, they're they're in there though. You just got to got to go digging. I'm go sure you'll find classics. some other stuff you like along the way, though. Yeah, yeah or long lost friends like Baja Jack guy remember him yes. i forgot about baja <laughs> Wait, jacket guy. hold on i i gotta remember baja jacket's voice i thought it was like hey, bro. Hey, man. what's going on brother <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, that sounds like a Baja jacket. So. Yeah, yeah, even if that wasn't it, that's still correct. Yeah, yeah so you're going to be a fan of that, too, when you go digging through that back catalog, rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, right. and tuning in to the newest installment of Dead and Lovely, your new that's favorite us. horror movie podcast. You're the host of mm-hmm. Moses, me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. And me, Hollywood Steve. And I am currently sitting in a non-slatered position in my chair so that today we can talk about the Black Pihone from... The Black Pihone. Okay, is it 2021 or 2022? Because I see both dates on the internet. I feel like it got um, really like pushed around by COVID. Well, yeah, I mean, shit. well, the thing is, it, it, it had its festival debut in 2021, and then it was su- supposed to come out in early 2022... But it had really good like tests audience stuff, so they yeah. they pushed it into the summer, which was obviously a smart idea because it made a bunch of money. Now, when you're talking about its festival debut, this is of course whenever they opened up Bonnaroo before John Mayer and the Grateful Dead. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, they they were like, all right, uh, uh, Bonnarooians, uh, we're gonna play a little movie here right <laughs> before John Mayer comes out and plays his song. Um, you know, uh, you know, just, just maybe talk amongst yourself. Let us know how you feel. <laughs> and then everybody was like, we're Bonnaroo! <laughs> we're on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> but also I bet they really got into the parts of the movie where it's playing like sweet on the soundtrack and stuff. I'd say they probably really yeah. liked that actually. Honestly, Damn, yeah. man. and of course if you want to get straight onto the movie review portion there's a timestamp for you in the podcast description that you can find and go straight on to there but you're going to miss out on catching up which boys cracking a co-beer and all the other usual bullshittery we do here on the show so i don't advise it but you know what you do you you do you man i was there back in 21 at bonnaroo when black phone played (laughs) it was fucking jamming man i was on shrooms bro my ball jacket bro (laughs) then john mayer came out and played georgia y it was great (laughs) how you been doing man been having a good week yeah yeah i've been i've been i've been fucking kicking it man uh just uh, uh, we went and saw a little movie called Pearl last night. Uh, it's the first time I've been to a movie theater in in uh, quite a while. And let me tell you something. And I I, I I'm gonna acknowledge aforehand. This is an unpopular opinion. Uh-oh. So anybody hearing this, you you don't have to send me any defenses. Any like uh, YouTube videos regarding this? I I know everyone disagrees. Okay, let me I, let me predict what you're gonna say. You're okay. so mad that you can't go to the concession stand and get cowtails. I get it. Okay. <laughs> Where are the fucking cowtails? I said. <laughs> God damn! I thought this was America. No, here's the thing. I don't like going to the movie theater, and really? I don't don't ever want to have to do it again wow it was a terrible experience entirely and i had forgotten that those type of terrible experiences happen and it made me come up with this analogy going to the movie theater is like going to your friend's house when you're eight and watching a movie you think so yeah uh if the volume is off you got to ask daddy to fix it for you. Okay, that's true. That mm-hmm. is true. It's too loud, or it's not loud enough. That is right. kind of a problem. 
And so now you got to go walk like a child. You got to do a shameful walk out of the theater and go find an adult. Oh, can you please fix the volume for me? <laughs> I can't do it for myself. <laughs> and you have to talk that way. It's, it you is do. required. You yeah. do. I, listen, at home, I can have a far better experience. The theater screen was streaky. There was a huge gouge up in the upper right-hand corner that I Uh-oh. would say was at least six to eight feet long. Every single time there were whites on the screen, that's all I could see was that shit. Well, it was damn. hot. It wasn't it like normally a theater is freezing cold. This one was just hot. Just okay, hot. I, I am going to say it, it sounds like you went to a really bad movie theater. <laughs> AMC. I went yeah, to you one went to of the largest one, yeah. chains in the fucking country. And I'm saying right now, the only theaters that should exist are independent theaters. Those chains need to die. We Word. need to stop going to them just entirely. Just don't go refuse because they charge the same amount of money for the bullshit I just sat through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the movie was great. I mean, we'll we'll yeah, talk awesome. about Pearl, but yeah. Hey, that's the thing is if the movie hadn't been great, it would have been even worse. Like well, it would listen, have been dude, the worst. I know that it sounds like you're up in arms about this, but after we're done, I'm going to send you a couple of YouTube videos that are going to change your mind. <laughs> One is Ben Shapiro and he, oh, he starts the video by oh, saying, good. let's say hypothetically, there wasn't a theater. Okay. <laughs> it makes you think. All right. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And then I'm yeah. going to send you a Jordan Peterson video where he goes, Oh, well, if if there weren't movie theaters, then we'd have movie houses built by women, and then we wouldn't be men anymore. That's going to change your mind. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and yeah, I, I think Shapiro will be like, don't like movie theaters, huh? Replace the word theaters with Jews. Now how's it look? <laughs> now how do you feel? What? <laughs> That's not the what? same at all. <laughs> and like uh, uh, several million people are like, he's real good. He's at- right, though. He's yes, right. like what? <laughs> <laughs> Think about what? that one, Lib. Oh shit! <laughs> I uh, hadn't actually because that's not even remotely related. <laughs> nope, not at all. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think it is an extremely unpopular opinion. I understand people love the experience. They, you know, there's something magical to movie theaters about about movie theaters to a lot of people. I still like it. I get what you're saying. Um, mm. and, and there are things that after having, you know, not been in a movie theater for like a year and a half due to, to COVID land, like I go to a movie theater, I miss the volume control, I miss subtitles, I miss uh-huh. being able to, you know, pause it if I got to go take a right. piss or something. Right. Um, there are things that I still enjoy about a theater. I, I'm one of those people that if I'm at home and there's always like a guitar within arm's length, there's always a potential distraction somewhere around. Mm. Whereas if I'm in a movie theater and I paid money to sit there, I'm sitting there in the dark, it's kind of like being forced to stay in one spot and just pay attention to the fucking movie that you just paid money for. Right. So it does well for me for that. And there are still like the wonderful communal aspects like if you go see a scary movie with a bunch of people that aren't you know loud talking obnoxious assholes and everybody's kind of like getting scared and screaming then laughing like oh it got us like there is something fun about the communal aspect of that but at the same time you i can, can kind of get what home. you're saying you you can but it's, <laughs> it's with people you know maybe okay here's the thing no maybe i mean I you can have friends lights. over 
<laughs> and I invite a bunch of strangers over. I just all oh, are welcome. You know, everybody in here. We're watching a movie. <laughs> I Maybe mean, I try you that. Know what? That that could be a more exhilarating experience because it's just like I don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, who are these you, people in my you home? You turn the the lights on at the end of it, and there's yeah a bunch of strangers and a couple like stray dogs running around your house. You're like, what the fuck is going on here? It might be exciting. You might make new friends or a new pet. Yeah. Okay. Maybe so. Maybe so. Open All right. those doors. Open your heart. <laughs> I think. Um. I I think every single movie should be released same day to streaming um i don't care if i have to pay 15 dollars to see it same day streaming you're getting more of the profit why i don't see what the issue is yeah well and two it's like i know so many friends of ours that you know struggle to go see movies in theaters when they come out because in addition to what you're paying to drive to a theater and for movie tickets mm-hmm. and shit you're also having to pay for child care yeah Mm-hmm. And all that shit. It's just like going to see a movie as parents can cost you fucking $200 really fast. Real fucking yeah. fast. And so, we're also still very much in the middle of a COVID pandemic. No, I heard tons, I heard Joe Biden say today it's over. I, I heard him say like it. him, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are tons and tons of people who uh, can't go out because they're immunocompromised and nobody's willing to mask up. So, like, again, like, Tons of people just being disenfranchised from seeing new movies. It's uh, it's ridiculous. Just really, I mean, when they did that during what you know, twenty twenty, when they did that, they made tons of money off of it. I was gonna say, I don't think I heard of any like huge studios going out of business as a result of like no, they not were selling tickets in theaters. So much fucking money. Theaters were having their struggles, but yeah. the studios made so much fucking money. So like, yeah, just go with it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think theaters should still exist. I, I, I'm glad that, that people love them and whatever, but I think independent theaters are the, the ones to be giving your, your money to. Oh, yeah. Let yeah. the independent theaters bring you the cool shit. Because, I mean, I, they, there was a that recent like overturning of a 50-year precedent that didn't allow big studios to own theater chains, and that expired in August of this year. That means... Oh. Disney can open their own theater chains and never release any Disney movie to any other chain. No shit. I didn't yep. know that. Yep. So uh, there's no, so that's gonna no reason to support major theaters at all. Wow, man. Yeah, that's definitely going to happen for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, if it's legal, they're going to do it. The reason it was illegal yeah. was because it was so fucking monopolizing. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's that's exactly what it's going to be, like. It will be Disney theaters every fucking where. And they will be sanitized to shit. You are not going to be seeing R-rated movies at the Disney movie theaters. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, you're probably right, man. So, yeah, I get it. Did you like Pearl, though? Oh, I loved it, dude. God, uh, it's awesome. We're um, Emily and I uh, are going to be recording an episode with Anna Martin, who's done several episodes for Patreon with me. Um, we're going to be recording a, a, a little addendum to your minisode of Pearl. It'll be all spoiler, but it'll be up on the Patreon. So check that Word. out. Yeah, yeah. Coming we out did a, a minisode. Kate and I did a minisode on it last week after we yeah. saw it. It's so spoiler check free that out. at the top. Then it gets spoilery mm-hmm. after. Um, I think it's fucking rad. What a yeah. cool experience. And we're not going to gonna get... spoil it right now. No, obviously. Uh-uh. Yeah. 
But like, what a cool fucking experience to get Loved to make it. an entire movie about just one of your characters in your mm-hmm. other movie. That had yeah. to be so fun as a filmmaker just to be like, let's just dive deep into one character from my flick. That's awesome. Yeah. More of that, please. And so, uh, like, to come up, because he, he came up with the story because of COVID. Like, they were kind of delayed because of COVID, so he just kind of wrote this story. And, you know, it's related to COVID in, in some ways. Love that. And I, I love thought that, that was very together. interesting. Yeah, I, I, I loved every single second of, of Pearl and highly recommend it. Mia um, Goth is unbelievable. This is another amazing. one of those things. Love I think her. this is probably like the best, uh, you know, performance in a horror film since Hereditary. And I mm, know okay. that it's not going to yep. get any kind of like Oscar nods or anything. And no. it's just horseshit because Mia Goth is unreal. Unbelievable. It, it definitely should. Dude, that like, like seven minute fucking monologue she has at the end. Yeah. Holy shit. Long seven minute monologue, one take. Every yeah. emotion, every emotion, every emotion, fucking badass. Yeah, she's a badass, uh, and I'm excited for Maxine. They did that Fuck little yeah. sort of singer bit at the end there with the Maxine. Um, that's I'm 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 very interested in that movie and seeing me like, too how all that this comes together. But yeah, I uh, yeah highly recommend Pearl. Go see it. Ty West wins again. Yeah, for sure. And I also. Watch some other stuff this week that uh, d- doesn't involve me shitting on movie theaters. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, speaking of Disney, uh, I've been watching on Disney Plus She-Hulk, and I'm in oh, love with it. And I I've think, heard that. It's great. I think it's absolutely amazing. As a fan of comics who knows the She-Hulk comics, not extremely well, but I read them back in the day, it is very faithful, I believe, to the spirit of the comics. Now, hang on. What do you have to say to these fucking neck beards that are like, she dances in it. It's not Hulk. I, I guarantee they've never read She-Hulk. Like, <laughs> you know, shit about She-Hulk is what I would say. Do you think this is the same crowd that has never opened a Punisher comic and has Absolutely. the Punisher yep. logo mm-hmm. on their fucking huge trucks? <laughs> yep. They, they, don't have, they don't have opinions. They just get really vehement about shit other people tell them to say. Um, oh, okay. That, yeah. Yeah, they're real dumb. She-Hulk is amazing. It's great. It's a great sitcom. I love it. I'm in love with so many of the characters in it. Very recently, there was a character named Madison, uh, uh, and uh, I think I'm like... It, I've never immediately fallen in love with a character like that before, I don't think. Ooh. Like, she, for some reason, is just so fucking funny and perfect to me. Wow, uh, man. And also, I yeah, speaking of falling in love with characters... She-Hulk can get it. <laughs> Fucking there. There was a scene where like she was on a date with a guy and she like picked him up and I was like, "Yes, please." <laughs> can you uh, please? Uh anyway, so yeah, She-Hulk's amazing. I I am loving that show. I've heard uh, a lot also, of good about it. I need to check it out. I also watched a movie called The or just called Watcher. I was about to say The Watch- Watcher. Called oh. Watcher. I feel like and I scrolled by this on like Shutter or something the other yeah, night, Shutter, and it uh-huh. looked like it was going to be cool. But I was like, "Wait, Watcher, Watcher, do what? Huh? <laughs> who is she? I don't even know who she is, huh?" Uh, well, that's Micah Monroe of It Follows. Oh, well, I know her. So that's who it is. Yeah. Um, I I liked it. I feel like it could have probably been about twenty minutes shorter. Word. 
but the, the you know there's a lot of really great tension in it it's a it's a pretty simple slow burn like you know slow burn tense movie um but when there's gore there's some some good stuff nice you know, okay sounds pretty cool there. yeah 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 i i enjoyed it i i recommend it it's where it's definitely worth a watch on the shutter um also watched x-men first class Okay, which one is that? I get all of the old school ones mixed up. Well, this is the this is the w- first one with McAvoy and Fassbender. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. I thought. I think I've seen it once, and I thought it was okay. I'd say that is exactly how I felt about it the first time. I would say it's less than okay. <laughs> but James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender have really great chemistry. And, yeah, they do. Uh, together with Jennifer Lawrence, they're all three like really great. So it hides a lot of the flaws. Um, That's what I remember most kind of about a- it. Like, doesn't it? Doesn't it also have like the, the like butterfly? mutant in it because i remember that was like yeah zoe kravitz plays uh fuck i forget her name but she she spits venom and has those like butterfly wings yeah yeah the i mean one of the things that is just infuriating as a as a comic fan about it is there's a character uh called darwin and in uh, in this movie we were introduced to darwin we find out that he's he's got these this mutation that uh, allows him to adapt to to anything. So if his body sees like impact incoming, it will adapt tough skin or whatever. Okay. Um, so the thing about Darwin is that that is exactly what he does. He adapts. There is no way to kill him. You cannot. Hmm. In the movie, after introducing him, maybe ten minutes after being introduced, he is killed. <laughs> well, it's so irritating. Like, well, what evolution the fuck does was that take for? time. You know, it does yeah. take a while. So, <laughs> oh, I forgot. I also watched, watched X Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> Speaking Ooh. of fucking shit movies, <laughs> Ooh, it's not good, man. <laughs> that movie's so bad. There it's is not good, no man. redeeming quality to Dude, that like, movie. I hate that Hugh Jackman is this fucking awesome Wolverine. He's so he's great. gotten to be yeah. Wolverine in so many movies, and yeah. so many of them are really bad. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, I was looking through the list, and I think you know, there's obviously Logan that he's good in. And amazing. Those, those first couple of X Men movies were were uh, solid. Not not amazing looking back with you know a ton of comic book movies out, but they're okay. Um. And then uh, the Wolverine is is a pretty good movie. I in Days of Future Past, pretty good. That, Days that's Days of Future it. Past. But he's is in good. like thirteen of the movies. Like yeah. it's like insane. Those aren't good odds for no. Wolverine, you know. <laughs> and even like you know, uh, Logan is like amazing, but he's not exactly yeah. fucking snickety snicked in that one. <laughs> no, no, yeah, it's amazing because it's it's like you know the old man Logan type of thing where he's you know he's he's kind of retiring he's trying to get out of being logan yeah i i think um it is a shame that yeah he he was so perfect even though he was like he didn't like fit the dimensions of the character or whatever in in the comics he was immediately like perfect everybody even you know even comics fans were just like no that guy's wolverine right uh and he did yeah he got kind of wasted a lot 
Sucks. Whatever. Um, so yeah, watch that. Uh, then also on on a Friday night on the screaming chat, we watched. I am contem- I've c- decided to call this sex timber for the screaming <laughs> oh, chat. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, because last week we did we did like two pretty like nudie movies, uh, and this week we did uh, Embrace of the Vampire, which. I don't know if you remember Alyssa Milano's booby movie phase. No, but she, yeah, she was in she was in Embrace of the Vampire and Poison Ivy. I think she showed her boobs in both of those. Uh, and uh, it, as a kid, as I've said before, I had a huge crush on Alyssa Milano. Well, yeah, um, I don't think that goes and, away either with age, <laughs> right? Um, but like, uh, she, she. Uh, did those movies i think i was like 13 or 14 so like we were we would rent those all the time like (laughs) well yeah yeah and we were watching the movie and at a certain point i realized i don't know what happens past this point because i've never watched this far (laughs) (laughs) never made it okay never made it never even made it to the end of Embrace of the Vampire. I'll tell you this, not a good movie. So, oh, okay. There's that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. I like to imagine uh, you and your friends like really stocking up on like Pepperidge Farm Milano's, and then you'd also like <laughs> rent that movie from the Food City video and just have like yes. all out Milano Fest. Like Milano the- Mondays with Steve and the boys. <laughs> And Du no? Bois. And Du Bois. Yeah. I don't think Du Bois were there most of the time I was watching it. <laughs> In fact, I'm starting to think not, not a single time were Du Bois ever there. So oh, but when I say Du Bois, I mean your cock and balls. Oh, yeah. yeah. Me and Du Bois just eating Milano's and watching Embrace <laughs> of the Vampire. Yeah. Just a Monday with Du Bois. All right. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, to follow that up, of course, on, on Sunday, we watch Piranha 3D. Yes, which is awesome. Yeah. I mean, that movie is just full of tons of gratuitous nudity, nudity while also being an awesome movie. Like It's a blast. It is, there, there's not a, not a thought in it, not a single one. It is just gratuitous nudity and and a piranha movie happening simultaneously but it's done so well by alexander aja that like i i really think there's something genius to it the way he balances it and it's it remains very much like an exploitation film while still being really good yeah. yeah, I love when movies know exactly what they are and what people yeah. are showing up to watch, and they just do it right. I love yeah. when that happens. Absolutely. And they kill Eli <laughs> Roth, which is fun. Always great to see. Yeah, <laughs> Always good. Awesome. Always good to see that guy die. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. You said that. But his, his character is truly deplorable, and when he dies, it's like the uh, probably one of the, the best moments. There's also Gianna Michaels in that parasailing, just boobies out, and then she gets eaten like her whole oh, lower forgot half. About that, yeah, that's, that's so awesome. fucking good. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, um, <laughs> nice. So yeah, that that's really all I've been watching. What do you What have you been watching this nice, week, man? man? I've been like kind of busy lately still writing some demos working on andy's yeah. record we awesome. had a great great skank banger show the other night at the open cord that was killer 
Uh, but I have had time to watch a couple of things. We had a really laid back, chill weekend here. The weather has been fucking beautiful still, yes. although it's getting hot again. But yeah, uh, we it was nice it. for a few days. It had that like crisp feeling at night, and I, I was digging it. I loved it, man. It was great. So we did have time to watch a couple two tree things, man. Uh, during the Halloween season, which we are in because it's September. We mm-hmm. like to watch a lot of just fun fare that's kind of Halloween-y related, as I've said on the show Good before. Call. So uh, we watched one that I had never seen before. That's just a fun little flick called A Hotel Transylvania. Oh, okay. It was I fun. have actually seen that while sitting and waiting to get a haircut and then while getting a haircut. Yeah? <laughs> they were playing it. I remember I sat down and it started and I was like, huh, I've never seen this. And then like I looked at my watch at a certain point. I was like, Man, I've been waiting a long time. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a long time for a haircut. Yeah. Damn. And then when she when she finally took me back, I was like, I was like, hey, can you angle it so I can see the TV? <laughs> <laughs> so I caught most of it. I didn't get the end. I, you know, when the, the haircut was over, I was like, I'm not going to stand here and watch the rest of this movie. <laughs> I guess the thing is, though, is you're, you know, the listeners are sitting here going like, man, how long did it take to get a haircut? This is when you were getting those those cornrow braids with the seashells in them at the beach that one time at Myrtle Beach, right? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. I, you know me. I love, uh, you know, I like to get my Bo Derek hair going. I, <laughs> I like to come out of the ocean just looking sexy as shit. So <laughs> you got to get it done if you're at Myrtle gotta Beach. Got to get it done. <laughs> so how'd, you, how'd, how'd you like it the old hand it was fun man i mean that's mm-hmm. just a that's just a good old you know saturday afternoon fun watch for the kids the kids they love it but it also they did do. have some fun silly stuff in there that i enjoyed uh the other night we watched one that you have seen before uh vampires versus the bronx oh yeah uh-huh that's a fun one that was good man i really really enjoyed it like i figured it would be okay or whatever but i reached a point in the movie where i was like oh i haven't like looked at my phone in like an hour the movie is working on yeah. me <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it has that kid from in the heights in it too right i don't know because i think this is the only thing i've ever seen him in but all the kids oh, in this okay. were fucking great really yeah. really really good yeah it is really similar to attack the block it is it is it's very much just like uh kind of an american transposition of attack the block with vampires instead of aliens, yeah. Yeah. But I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was really, really fun. It had some good visual stuff in there. The movie looked great, too. So yeah, it did. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we watched Cabin in the Woods. That's always oh, a yearly fuck, watch. yeah. Guess what? It's still fucking great. I never yeah. get tired mm-hmm. of that movie, dude. Never. I never get tired never, of it. Never, ever. Nope. Uh, the other night, we went and seen Barbarian. Kate and I did a mini-sode on that right. the other day, too. Again, spoiler-free. I think the first 19 minutes or so, and then we spoil it after that. Dude, this movie, holy shit. Yeah. It's it's utterly bonkers. It is it is up there like with X for like my favorite horror movie of the year. Okay. I really think yeah. so. I've I heard can't I've wait heard for you to see it. Everybody who I've heard from has to, basically has said that it's great and I've also heard don't know anything about it before you no. go in. Uh-uh. So, I don't know a damn thing about it, but I'm very excited to see it. Honestly, go in, you know, having not watched a trailer, don't right. even read a credits list, don't read yeah. the synopsis, nothing. Yeah, I have no, Just I, go watch no it. idea. All I've seen is the poster that's been posted on, you know, social media and stuff. I have no idea what it is, but I'm I'm very excited to see it. Dude, I'm telling you. Like the the trailer for it, 
I did watch because uh, I heard it didn't really spoil anything, and I can tell you, right. it it doesn't. Like it really does okay. not tell you anything about eh, what the movie is I'm about. Not a trailer guy. We'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, the posters yeah. are really what sold me. Honestly, like somebody yeah, posted up they the, do look the cool. like blood red poster yeah. at the top of the stairwell in our Facebook group there last week, and I was like, "What the fuck is this movie? This looks sick." And then I started hearing like everybody talk about it, dude. It's so fucking rad and original and cool. I loved it. I thought it was yeah. fucking phenomenal. So definitely awesome. go see that. Don't read a thing about it. I can't wait to hear what you think about it. I think that you'll really dig it too. Yeah. I I mean, after my movie theater going experience, I'm a little more reluctant to go back out. Touché. But uh, maybe I'll find a place to go see it. There are definitely... I mean... Even among the theater chains, AMC is kind of shitty, right? It like, is. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, I uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try to check it out. I think afterwards, you're going to be, like, Googling, like, local theaters showing Barbarian serve sarsaparilla and cow tails go. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> if they don't have my damn sarsaparilla, I, I just get up on my horse and giddy up out of there. <laughs> Just right on out of town, uh, huh? Get out this Nickelodeon. I can't get a sarsaparilla to wet my whistle in here. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Let alone walk into a Nickelodeon without a piano player. <laughs> What'll, what is the world coming to here? God dang it. <laughs> I think the only other thing that we watched this week was a documentary last night called horror noir you've seen to haven't you yeah i love that great documentary it's all about the history of black culture and horror movies it's on shutter it is fan fucking tastic like it's really honestly one of the better horror documentaries i've watched period like it's just really enjoyable they got all the stars and stuff that you want to see they got tony todd ken faree all kinds Mm -hmm. of people in there writers directors authors um, all kinds of interesting perspectives and also introduced me to a lot of flicks that are now on my like to watch list that sound really intriguing. I've never seen Ganja and Hess. I've never seen Blackula. There's all kinds right. of shit on there that sounds cool. Yeah, those are those are ones that yeah, I I've been meaning to watch because of that documentary. I've actually watched several movies because of that documentary. We we watched Bones. Uh, I've seen Death by Temptation now. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, they're they're still. I, I I know they talk about Eve's Bayou and that. I haven't yeah, seen that yeah. yet. And then yeah, Ganja and Hess and Blackula. I think those are the three that I haven't seen. Word that they man. talk about. But those are yeah. Th- that movie is just full of fucking awesome. Or that documentary is full of awesome shit, including. Uh, I really think if you got because they get uh, they got Keith David, they got Tony Todd, and they got Ken Faree. If you got those three in a room talking at the same time, the vibrations might like literally sh- like rip the earth apart. Their their voices are all just like that perfect like low pitched timber, and it's just like fucking a, a pleasure. Because I, I think Ken Faree and, and Keith David are in like interview portions together, aren't they? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, and they're they're like great together. Yeah. And then it cuts over to Tony Todd, and he's also got that velvet voice, man. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. if you got the three of those guys together and put them through a PA, like uh-huh. you could put that that company that makes the Sibians, you could just put them out of business. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Just 100%. sit down, listen to these guys talk. Yeah. <laughs> Pussies exploding everywhere. Not a dry seat in the house, I'll tell you what. <laughs> it's just how it's going to go. 
100%. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, also, right before we started recording, I watched the trailer for the new Hellraiser. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, listen, I, I gave it a glance. I don't like trailers. I was already interested, though, in the movie. Yeah. But I, I it seems that the trailer has swayed some people to be even more interested. I am definitely interested. Like I'm, I'm like you. After I saw the the character designs and the cast list yeah. and stuff, I was like, Looks okay, cool. I think they're yeah. doing this right. Uh, but now that I've seen the trailer, I'm pretty sure they're doing this right. It looks awesome. yeah. pretty fucking rad. It doesn't seem to spoil too much stuff. It's pretty centered on you know the box and stuff that you already know right. the mechanics of due to watching a hell raise. <laughs> it looks pretty fucking sick, man. It, right. I mean, it definitely looks leagues better than anything we've had in um, 30 years of Hellraising. <laughs> I, 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 I have three movies left of the Hellraiser franchise, and I have now, like, I'm going to finish them that week. So that Tuesday, th- Wednesday, and Thursday, I'm going to finish the Hellraiser franchise to then Ooh. watch the brand new one and hopefully, you know, redeem all that uh, terrible watching I've, I've done. Oh my god, man. Dude, I mean seriously, it's going to it's either going to just turn you off from Hellraiser forever to do that, right. so you're not even going to enjoy it, or it's going to be just so fucking terrible for you that anything even remotely watchable now seems like the best thing you've ever seen in your life. Which is the most Hellraiser thing possible, right? That That's I've true. gone through tremendous torture Wait. and then I see... Yeah. What if this was like, all a long game? Like, what if this is the long <laughs> con of Hellraiser? They're like, what if the series Hellraiser was actually torture? Right. Like, we entice you yeah. a little bit with the first two, and then we make you wait decades <laughs> suffering. Holy shit, this might be the most meta series ever. Maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> I I think that, honestly, that makes the most sense in the world. Like, It's the only explanation. Because it really is a descent, too. Because, like, I, I think I said when we did three that, like, you know, we'd probably do four and that would be the end. Because it, it really does, like, the next one after that is is worse than all the others before, but also better than all the ones after. And it kind of goes like that. Yeah. Like, each one gets worse, but you're like, well, it's, it's not as... It's not as good as the last one, but it'll be better than the next one. I'll just keep going. You just it'll be better than the, the next pain. one. Yeah, that yeah. is <laughs> that is a way to describe watching through the Hellraiser movies. Yeah, uh, we I should we uh, just we should definitely out, try man. to do a minisode though, since yeah, it, it's coming that. out straight to Hulu. I I think you know I, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be good. I'm, I'm really hoping it's going to be good i guess i hope they do some kind of cute rebranding and it's like you sign in to watch it and it's like welcome to hell Lou. <laughs> <laughs> we have that. such who's to loo you i would love that especially <laughs> if they just do it universally so a kid's like <laughs> what <laughs> they do it universally damn yeah. it what word was that <laughs> so a kid just logs on and he's like oh watch some cartoons and it's like welcome to hell (laughs) (laughs) i just wanted to see gumball (laughs) your suffering will be legendary even in hulu (laughs) oh no why get the hulu away (laughs) 
So we'll find out about it soon enough, and I'm going to find out about this just very lovely, drinkable garden variety beer I just poured for myself. I just garden poured myself variety. out of a bottle of good old Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale. What oh, a okay. delicious, Solid. drinkable garden variety yeah. beer, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. How like jaded it. have we become? Like, this used to be like the beer snob beer, like what you're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> non-brand name beer you're so hip and now i'm like i got some shit from the grocery store well, it's still good sierra nevada's got wide distribution now so it kind of i i understand maybe some people being like that's common because it is but yeah uh, yeah back in the day it was like well fuck yeah uh, sierra nevada pale ale dude I'm what glad even it's is common. this i've seen ross drink it on friends must be expensive <laughs> <laughs> yep. If you see Ross drinking it, I mean, docents don't fuck around when it comes to beer. Uh-huh. That's right, man. And, you know, it's either it's usually either a Sierra Nevada or a uh, a Red Stripe is what he's drinking on the show. Hooray beer. Hooray beer. I mm-hmm. say hooray Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. I think it's fucking great. Yeah, I agree. I think it's good. I, I, I um, used to pretty regularly drink Sierra Nevada Torpedo. I think that's a that's solid... A good one kind of piney ipa yeah that and the hot bullet the hot bullet's really good too. oh yeah uh-huh that's a good one mm-hmm. good stuff right there man well steve i tell you what today on the show we are talking about one black phone yeah that's and it kind of got me thinking about some stuff that maybe we ought to talk about as we enter into the preview palace welcome to the preview palace where today we're going to be talking about what's the scariest phone, Steve? Is it Salvador Dali's mm-hmm. lobster phone or is it the Freddy okay. phone with the tongue in it? I okay. So here's the thing: Freddy phone with the tongue. It it's just a tongue. Okay, so I have to just interrupt you because I just started thinking about possibilities. Okay, <laughs> just exploring the realm of Freddy let's tongue do phone it. possibilities. Let's do it. We had something else <laughs> planned, but let's do this. <laughs> And now the lobster phone's got pinchers. That's yeah, it a does. Problem. It's He's got pinchers on there. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Freddy phone with the tongue. I'm just saying, right. what if in the movie, you know, Nancy, that's her name, right? Nancy? Nancy, uh-huh. She picks up the phone. It's the Freddy tongue. I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy, bitch. And right. it's got the tongue hanging out of it. Mm-hmm. What if she would have been like, ah, and then like looked at it and gotten irritated and been like, man, this is fucking dumb. And she just like bends over and puts the phone to her butt and just like farts on the tongue. <laughs> and Freddie's like, oh, bitch. Oh, oh. <laughs> More again. Oh, bitch, no. Please. <laughs> like what happens okay. then? That is the more likely thing is that yeah. Freddie is into farts. Yeah. Freddie the child killer and fart sniffer. In fact, they claim that they caught him on fire, but it was a rogue, like, fart lighting incident. <laughs> yeah, it just got out of hand, man. Yeah. <laughs> the first rule of Fart Club is you don't talk about Fart Club, right? <laughs> That's what was going on. Those adults on yeah. Elm Street, they had a Fart Club underground. They had a pretty Fart sure. Club, and he got caught on fire, and they were like, oh, he was a he was a child molester <laughs> not like us or anything no, no no we're all cool we don't fart. don't worry we burnt his entire <laughs> fucking body down nothing left but rebar it's fine and he's bitch. like i'll get your kids you farting bitches <laughs> what <laughs> turns out everybody actually called him farty kruger you know farty kruger yes uh-huh <laughs> i really want now to just recut 
every single Nightmare on Elm Street movie to have the parents just walking around farting a lot. Like, just <laughs> incidentally throwing in farts. Old habit, you know? Old habit, yeah. They, they can't <laughs> stop it from Fart Club, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? What are we doing? <laughs> I hope this is somebody's first episode. It's, it is. It's I definitely so. somebody's first episode. <laughs> oh, definitely. And they will certainly comment like, oh, they just keep prattling on. <laughs> <laughs> I've a movie to hear about. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just talk real quick about uh, scariest phone ever, the Nokia Brick. That Dude, thing was indestructible. indestructible. Indes- it will outlive all of us. Infested what with is snake. It secret? You know? <laughs> yes. Got a snake inside. It's got a snake inside. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean... What the fuck is going on with that thing? It's pretty scary, I'm saying. Immortal. I'm pretty sure it is indestructible. If one of those things ever turned on you, right. it's outliving you, your ass for sure. 100%. If you get into a fight with a Nokia brick, you are fucked. I want to build a house out of Nokia bricks. <laughs> you know? Indestructible. I'm you- going to build a wall out of Nokia bricks and make Apple pay for it. All right? <laughs> Please do that. That's a good idea. We're going to call out Tim Cook right now. Listen here, Tim Cook. You're going to be paying for the Nokia brick wall. (laughs) I don't know what it's keeping out, but we're we're building it. (laughs) Dude, you remember on those things, like you'd have to charge the battery like once a week. Yeah, they were amazing. I I loved mine so much. I, uh, it was duct taped together at a yep. certain point yeah yep. and uh well i say a certain point for like eight months it was duct taped together and it was fine it didn't care they're totally it like the, the dandelion of the phone world where it's just like i'm in concrete that's fine i'll live here whatever <laughs> like, you it's couldn't cool. kill them <laughs> i never saw one with a busted screen ever right so if that if this motherfucker's haunting you you are fucked definitely man now mm-hmm. that lobster phone yeah. I mean, like you said, it could go to pinching on you. Uh-huh, could. Or it could be mm-hmm. a delicious delicacy. I mean, damn, Ooh. imagine you're just chatting up on the lobster phone. You've got your yeah. lobster bib on. You've got a cup uh-huh. of just melted butter. You're just <laughs> eating your phone while you're talking on it. <laughs> the dream finally realized. I'll tell you what, Eating though. your phone. I wouldn't want to be on the other end of a lobster phone call. Like you're trying no, to talk be, to somebody oh, and they're just they're chomping imagine? and slurping at butter Ooh. the whole time. That ASMR, like that is an ASMR thing, isn't it? Eating lobster. I've seen videos like advertised for that and I'm like, what the Blech. fuck? Why would I want no. to hear that? Uh-uh. Just no, bone, I'm not like, interested. Crustacean cracking and the Yeah, no. None of that. Too much. Too much. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate that shit. I, w- I would just be like, why don't, why don't you finish your phone and then text me back? Because this is disgusting. I just can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. How are they going to text you? They just ate their phone. <laughs> you can't text on the lobster phone, can you? I, you know what? I don't know. I do not. I'd love to, I'd love to pick Tali's brain about that. <laughs> Here's a question. If you're of the Jewish persuasion, can you even talk on a lobster phone? It ain't kosher. 
Oh, oh no, you could not. No, you could not. No, I don't. I, I don't think very uh, alienating. This lobster phone. Wow. Yeah, that, that it is anti-Semitic. The lobster phone. <laughs> I did not realize that. Wow, Dolly, <laughs> canceled. Well, that just opens up opportunity for Hebrew mas- National to make the kosher phone. Yeah. Okay. Good call. <laughs> Try the new. Hebrew I guess it's National made out of whitefish, right? It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Great. It's different. Yeah, it's gefilte. It's different. It's gefilte Honestly, yeah. sounds better because, you know, it's not going to pinch you. So, hmm. Do you think I, the, I, uh, the, the the kosher phone, though, it's like a gefilte fish where it's in that nasty jar of oh, fluids and you have well, to pull a, it yeah. out every time? And that's not even fish, right? That's like a. It's, Is it's, it? It tastes like fish. Oh, I didn't know that. Right. I don't know. I don't know that either. I, I maybe just made that up entirely. Somebody let us know. Somebody about educate fish. us. Yeah, uh-huh. and what you use as an alternative to your lobster phone. <laughs> right, yeah, tell us that. <laughs> Dude, I think one of my least favorite phones of all is anytime I get a goddamn rando like Facebook Messenger phone call request. Oh, I hate yeah. this shit. I fucking hate it. And like Instagram too, like Instagram yep. fucking phone calls. Get the fuck out of here. I hate that yeah. shit. I don't utterly hate it. No, dude. No. And like, if you're if you're listening and you like are a fan of my guitar stuff and you've tried to call me to get a, a hot tip about playing guitar, or whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just really fucking weird, and I don't like that at all. <laughs> can you dude, imagine? it happens all the time. It happens all I the time. Know, I know, but like, can you imagine, like, the, whatever question they might have for you. How you would answer it in a way that would have been worth either of your time. Like- I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea, frankly. It's really strange. And dude, oh, listen. Jesus. You know, if if you're somebody that wants to do this, please be considerate of your fucking time zone. Like, I used right. to get calls from people in, like, Sri Lanka and shit mm-hmm. all the time. At, like, 4.30 in the morning, my phone starts right. blowing up. Oh, hey, Uncle Ben, I was looking for some help with this lick. It's like, it's 4.30 in the morning here, dude. Uh, no, just real quick, just j- jump on a video chat with me, grab a guitar, show me how to do this. Like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, that's oh, one of my least favorite phones of all, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that, for sure. <laughs> That's not this wasn't me. even the thing we came up with. What were we going to talk about? I forgot. Something about masks. I don't know. Oh, something about masks. Yeah. Masks are cool. What's another scary phone? <laughs> oh, that, that bendable <laughs> Samsung. This literally weirds is me just out. us like, uh, off the top of our dome for no reason, but I think it's gold. You uh, know what? It's fine. <laughs> just go with it. You know, you get what you pay for with this podcast. I'll send you a refund. <laughs> Yeah, that Samsung bendy phone though, like it's it's scary because like you know I get that the technology's like yeah you can bend it, but I'm also like really though how many really? times, dude? Yeah. Every time I see somebody unfurl one of those motherfuckers, unfurl <laughs> like it's it a makes scroll. me nervous because I know that I'm going to be there the second that they open it up and there's a huge crease and they go oh damn it. Oh, fuck. I got to get a new phone. Yeah. Whenever I see somebody yeah. open that up, I know I'm fixing to witness somebody getting their day ruined. And it makes me really fucking nervous. I don't like yeah. it. Oh, speaking of scary phones, 
uh, uh, Black Christmas. That phone. Ooh, that's Boy. a body phone. That thing. It's, <laughs> it's got a lot to say. I'm just going to assume my new theory about Black Christmas is that the phone was the killer. And you know what? Yeah. <laughs> so now, that? I didn't think of how scary that is. It was possessed by the lost spirits of many uh, very perverted people. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> very sexually aggressive people, man. Very. That thing is, you know, for being in Black Christmas, that thing has definitely landed itself on the naughty list for fucking sure. Oh, right? yeah. No, Santa is not bringing that phone any presents like he uh, normally uh, does for phones. For good phones, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> phones that are on the so, good list. If your phone hasn't gotten a present from Santa, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Um, yeah, a scream phone. That's another one. It it fucking Ooh. knows where you're at. It knows what you're doing, man. It knows yeah. where Drew Barrymore is making some pops corn. Yeah, yep. And then yeah, and then I guess it can summon a magical ghost face guy to stab you. Mm, that can't happen. Yeah, but it's ultimately the phone doing it, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's that's our so. new scream theory too. Is the phone yeah. did it in every one of them? Turns out it was the phone. They never suspect the phone ever. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> We're going to be sitting in movie theaters next to strangers. We're going to nudge and be like, it's so obvious. It's the phone. The, the phone did it. <laughs> like, How do you what? not see this? Actually, then that person is going to turn to us and go, dude, do you listen to Dead and Lovely too, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Are you wearing a Baja jacket? <laughs> <laughs> it's <Bro>. me, bro. <laughs> hey. Oh, no. <laughs> Hey, do you mind if I FaceTime call you later, bro? I got a guitar question on how to play this Grateful Dead lick, bro. <laughs> it all comes together. Oh, Baja guy. All right. <laughs> I, got, I got another scary phone. And especially for the time it was around, Motorola Razor? Hey. Ooh. All right. We got all these emo bands out here. Slip my wrist. Yeah, it's just inviting you to, you know? Yeah, this phone that's like, you could use me. I guess actually, though, maybe that was like a protective measure. Could be. They're, yeah, it could be. Because yeah. <laughs> you can't use your phone to cut you. Can you? How quick would I get like a Facebook ban if I put up a video of myself sitting down? I'm like, goodbye, cruel world. And I start running a razor phone up and down my wrist. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> like, would it get <laughs> shut down like immediately? Or would it be yeah. kind of funny? I think so. <laughs> Oh, he's using a razor. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Oh. Mm, I get it. Oh, yes. Andy's banned. Andy's gone. <laughs> and gone. And um, gone. <laughs> do we have any other scary phones that we thought of? <laughs> Just I now. Don't, I don't think so. In there is there that one where like like Batman hears like staticky phone dead people on a phone? What is that? White noise? Is that on a phone? Ooh, no, it's yeah, just like yeah, recording. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you said Batman and I was like, What are you talking about? Michael <laughs> Batman. Keaton. Yes. <laughs> no, Batman, as he is known. Yeah, Michael Keaton, yes. So the white noise phone. Or was that a radio? I don't fucking That might have been a radio. I never watched it. Yeah. I mm. watched it and don't remember it at all. But Yes. So those are the scariest phones. <laughs> You're welcome. Because you You're asked. You're welcome. Also, masks <laughs> are scary. We had a bunch of those, but yeah, this is better. Somehow. Yeah, this is better. Honestly, you know what? <laughs> I think you guys got the better end of the deal, okay? Somehow, yes. So anyway, the black phone. <laughs> the black phone. <laughs> is what we're this talking about today. It is a yeah. movie. It is a, uh, a horror movie. It's yep. kind of a crime thriller with supernatural... 
um, influences. Sure, yeah. That was uh-huh. also going to be uh, um, our other topic that we we're going to consider is like best supernaturals, which is to say best <laughs> boobs on ghosts. Big juicy supernaturals. That was the original premise, <laughs> right? Yeah, that librarian in Ghostbusters. Oh man, you can't man, tell the, from the dress, but stacked, busty, stacked. Um, the stacked. Thir- was it thirteen ghosts? That naked lady. Oh yeah, no, yeah, uh huh. She they're she all did, she did they're all cut boobies. up and gross, but you know. Well, yeah, you don't want cut up boobies. No, well, I mean I don't. S- some people throughout history have proven they do, I guess. But hey, listen, when we're talking about when we're it. talking about boobies, I want mine mint. Your boobs are mint. You say that to a lady, they love it. Your boobs are mint. Yeah, we'll talk about how like. <laughs> We don't think anybody says that, but then I looked it up, and there is like the def there is a slang definition of mint that I guess people do say. Nobody says that. This is just like fucking. This is usual Stephen King bullshit. You just use some dumb <laughs> phrase that nobody says over uh, and over uh, and over again. You, Joe Hill. Joe Hill. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Joe Hill phrase. Yeah. Joe and Hill. Uh, eventually, people <laughs> go. I guess it's slang. I better edit this Wikipedia article. Dictionary.com definition. Um, it means good. Mint means good. I guess. Like. Yeah. No. Got your bird. Um, it means. Uh, <laughs> I'm really not sure. Honestly, lost on that. Uh, this, yeah, this is based on on a Joe Hill short story, and you know we've we've mentioned before Joe Hill seems to have you know good bit of influence from his dad, but I don't think that's a negative. I think if we got somebody because he he does have his own sort of twist. I think he's he's got his own thing going on, and he's a little bit younger and and more hip to the now. All um, right, all right, all right, fine, fine, fine. Because you asked for it, here's just a quick. Um, Joe Hill situational humor that I just thought up because okay. you asked for it. Are you ready? I did ask for it. Yep. All right, fine. Here you go. In an alternate reality somewhere, given you know the the infinite worlds theory, this is all very possible. Right. Of course, somewhere out there, Joe Hill didn't become an author like his dad. Uh huh. That means he also kept his name. He kept his last name as King. Mm-hmm. And I think in that other universe somewhere, maybe he became a doctor. Right. Okay. And like I think at one point as a doctor he comes into into the room holding the chart and he's like, I've got some very bad news for you. You have a week to live. And the patient's okay. like, Whoa, 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 are you serious? And he looks up from the chart and says, No, I'm Joe King. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that was going. <laughs> I'm an artist. What can I say? <laughs> Joe King. Joe you know? King. Yeah. 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 No, you you are correct, sir. Thank you. Um, I did yeah, it. Yeah, Joe Joe Hill though, yeah, from from my limited experience with his stuff, it does seem, you know, uh, in line with his dad's stuff, but I think more controlled probably. A little um, bit. Have you read any of his stuff? Have you read some no, of the books? No, no. I've only seen adaptations. No. So I, the only read. the only one that I've read, um, I read. I think it was last year. Kate read it too. Mm. Was that uh, Heart Shaped Box book? Right. That, he did? that was his first, I think, novel. Was it, dude? It's pretty cool. I liked oh, it cool. honestly. It's pretty yeah. neat. I want to check out that like uh, Nosferatu. Oh yeah, shit the, too. the the show on uh, amc yes yeah i want to scope that out as well man but i liked heart shaped box so i'm honestly tempted to read more of his stuff i'd like to read the short story for this and find out how similar it is how different it is whatever i know um, they changed some things and obviously it's a short story uh so you know probably 
you know, less detail than you get in here. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I would like to have read it too. But yeah, I, I think um, I think having a, a slightly different Stephen King to continue the legacy of Stephen King is fine with me. Dude, I Joe mean, Hill is like 50 years old. How old is I Stephen know, King? I know, it's crazy. It is insane. Like, how old is he? Stephen King must be 1,000. I know. And Joe yeah. Hill also looks like a guy cosplaying as Stephen King. Like, yes, he straight does. Straight up. Look at his IMDb yeah. photo. It's amazing. Uh, or if you see a photo with him with a full beard, he also looks like Mick Foley. I can <laughs> see that. Like, wait, what? What? <laughs> Is there like there's some middle ground face between Stephen King and Mick Foley? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes somehow when Joe Hill grows a beard, it's there. I don't know yeah. how. <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, I I, I, uh, I yeah, I don't I haven't read his stuff, but I, I do think it's I think it's fine. I, I'm not really bothered by I think this, you know, clearly shows some kinginess by having um you know, a, a child abduction storyline, and also side side note: there's a child with telepathic abilities. <laughs> like that's so kingy. <laughs> so I propose that from here on out, every time that we we do a Stephen King or Joe Hill property on the show, uh -huh. we yep. play a little game that I call Stephen Kingo. It's like Kingo Bingo. Okay. You know where you have your board, yep. and it's like. Abusive dad, alcoholic right. um, adults, uh -huh. bullies, psychic uh -huh. child. <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm. oh, I got a Kingo. <laughs> yep, a Kingo. I like this minutes, a lot, yeah. honestly. <laughs> Give me that Kingo bingo, baby. I um, I don't know if you've seen this, but I wanted to rewatch it before, but I just didn't have time. Uh, In the Tall Grass, which is uh, Stephen King and, and Joe Hill together. Um, I think it's a solid movie. I think it's, mm. it's definitely worth a watch. It's on Netflix. Okay. But, I need to watch that. I heard that it was pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, we got this movie. This is Scott Derrickson, who uh, is is not new to horror in the least bit. And also, speaking of Hellraiser movies, he uh, directed the fifth Hellraiser movie, which is no not shit, as bad really? as the ones after it. So that's pretty good. <laughs> you know, that is one thing you can say yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I do believe when I watched it, I said it actually isn't that terrible. It just doesn't make sense. That it's a Hellraiser movie. No, um, I think it was one of those ones that was co-opted. Is like it was yeah. just written as a fucking stock horror script, and it's like yeah. I don't know. Let's make the baddie a pinhead. I don't yeah. know. Um, he he also though has directed some other stuff. You you know maybe like uh, Sinister. I think pretty solid movie sinister Hawk, has cool performer. stuff in it and, and there's yeah. definitely kind of some crossover with those two movies i mean obviously some of the cast ethan hawk there's some like yeah. gritty super eight footage and i even found mm -hmm. the room where finney is kept to look a lot like the sinister poster with that like yeah it was intentional on the wall uh -huh. okay yeah, yeah it's it's yep. pretty dead on actually yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah uh and then also he's directed the exorcism of emily rose that's pretty which, good yeah there you go and Doctor Strange, which was a movie I very much enjoyed. Oh, like he did the first one? Uh-huh, and he was supposed to direct the second one, but um, they they mutually agreed that he, he wouldn't direct it because Marvel wanted to take it one direction, he wanted to take it another. Uh, there was some like early reporting that it was that he wanted it to be more horror and Marvel didn't want that, but then Kevin Feige was like, no, we love that idea. Uh, and oh. obviously, if you see Multiverse of Madness, they they went with the the horror angle. 
Yeah, um, turns out that was the right idea. Shit. Yeah, I, I, they just wanted to get into more of the weird stuff of Doctor Strange, and Marvel needed some closure with uh, Scarlet Witch. So there, you know, he he wanted to make a different movie. Uh, it worked but, out yeah, fine, honestly. Worked out fine. <laughs> they got Sam Raimi, so it worked out fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is um, his, I guess you know, fifth horror movie. He also uh, wrote, uh, along with his his writing partner uh, Robert Cargill, wrote uh, Sinister Two. I've um, seen that. And back in the day, he wrote. We've actually done this on the uh, screaming chat, and kind of, I, I I liked it more than I thought I was going to. Urban Legends Final Cut, which is oh, the yeah, second you talked Urban about Legends that. movie. Yeah. Okay, so he this guy's done some stuff that's pretty good. Yeah, cool. Yeah, he's 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 a horror guy. I think like the this this clearly knows horror well. I have some issues with it and we'll I talk too. about those. But yeah. I think overall I like the movie. I would say it has inspirations from obviously some horror stuff, some Stephen King stuff, obviously. Right. Um there's mm-hmm. also a, a little bit of Silence of the Lambs in here, I think. Sure. I think I said Silence in the Lambs. Silence, Silence in the Lambs. Silence in a Lamb, it's called. Do you remember, Clarice, when you were inside the Lamb? What did you hear? A silent. Uh-huh. <laughs> in a Lamb, she says. Yeah. Uh, it's I mean, kind of crime so- thriller-ish with supernatural right, yeah. horror elements to it. Uh, I think there's also, probably from the source material, a fair amount of true crime influence in here. I mean, this guy, the grabber that we have is especially in the source material, apparently basically just John Wayne Gacy. Like in this movie, he's yeah. a magician in the original story. He's a, he's a clown. So it's right. like, Oh, so he's a Gacy. Yeah. But he's also very much like a grounded Pennywise. Like he's not a, you know, space alien, but he, um, Ethan Hawke does the like voice lilt. And then like the deep voice type of changes. He's got the black balloons instead of the red balloons. Like, he he abducts and terrorizes children, very much like Pennywise. Okay, uh, I'm just saying though. What if at the very end of this movie, spoilers ahead? We spoil movies on the show if you don't. Yeah, know, obviously. Yeah. So spoilers. <laughs> ahead. Um, what if at the end of the movie, whenever Finny is like beating the shit out of him with that phone, like the camera cuts down to his body where it's down in that hole that Finn is dead, uh-huh. and it's like crab legs like scuttering all around everywhere. And oh my gosh, that would be so cool. <laughs> Finny looks down at the hole and there's little crab babies and he's like, oh shit, he was a mom. What a he twist that a would mom. be, right? <laughs> that should be the final line of this Credits. movie. Oh shit, he was a mom. Credits. <laughs> Whoa. Nobody would have seen that coming, right? Not at all. <laughs> there would be zero indication of it, but it Joe would Hill, be rad. He would have become the king of kings at that point. <laughs> 100%. That would be the kingiest thing ever yeah yeah and it's also it's also definitely because this is a blumhouse movie and i am after you know really watching this and we've we've you know i've seen a ton of blumhouse movies i really think they got some sort of algorithm over there where they're just like okay these are the popular things uh it did really well stranger things is really doing well Stephen King in general. Um, let's put these together, and if we give it some iconic image, I don't know. Um, have you ever seen that band Ghost? No? Well, I got a design for you that isn't that. <laughs> I hope that nobody else has either. They're not very famous, are they? No one will know. 
<laughs> Holy shit, dude. The the mask design very much just taken directly from a ghost mask design. Yeah. Now like with with the band, whenever they introduced those masks, I think that was probably like 6 to 8 years ago at this point. Mhm. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, oh, they came out at the same time. They had the same idea. Oopsie daisy. It's like, no, those no. ghost masks existed forever. And they did them yeah. with, the, with the no mouth for the band. So like yeah. the first time that we see the mask in this movie and the grabber shows up with the no mouth mask, I was like, oh, so ghost. he like plays bass for ghost. Like, right. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's dead they didn't on, have to dude. Do that because if if you don't do the no mouth one, if you just do it with the smile, nobody would be like, "That's that ghost mask." No, because honestly, whenever I even just saw the the poster and stuff, and it has yeah the smiley mask, yeah. I didn't go ghost. But whenever you right. see it with the no mouth and the devil horns, and it's kind of silvery, it's like, oh yeah, it's nameless it's ghoul right here, directly from ghost. Yeah, I'll be honest. A, I don't love the mask. I know that like a lot of people are like, "Oh, I didn't like this movie, but I thought the mask design was really sick." Like, I mm-hmm. didn't. I didn't like it. To me, it was very. I like it. Yeah. To me, it's very try hard. Where it's like, what would be scary? He's a devil, and he's got a smiley face and pointy teeth. Ooh. I don't well, know. yeah, it just but seems like kind of that, on the nose. That, that is exactly what he's trying to do, though. He's trying to be scary. I guess so, so like, but dude, I'll tell you this. The scariest he looks in the whole movie to me, like where he yeah. looked the most unhinged and creepy. Yeah. Whenever he like abducts Finny on the street and he's got like weird like powdery paint on white. His face. Yeah. Yeah, like magician face paint and those like yeah. uh those glasses that everybody in the mid eighties wore that have have kind of the ombre fade tint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like definite just child molester glasses. That's yeah. when he looked the fucking creepiest to me. It's like just have Ethan Hawk walk down with this damn shitty powdery makeup and these shades on. I would have been creeped the fuck out. I thought the mask was just kind of try hard personally. Uh well yeah, he's trying hard. I like I, I I guess my question is like that that's exactly the point. He is trying really hard to scare them. I guess like, so. But, you know, it's like at the like same time. Like, he made the mask. I suppose. Like he, 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 like, made this mask specifically to scare children. He's a tryhard child murderer. Do you like the interchangeable mouth parts where it's like, it's a it's a sad day. I'll put on my frowny face. Yeah, I wonder. Well, that's the thing is I, I, I wondered about that because I didn't see much of a, a reasoning for when he wore what. I know. Uh, but I, I guess, like, yeah, he did, he's like, there's that point where he's just wearing the bottom half. I think that's really creepy. I actually thought just wearing the bottom half overall probably would have been the creepiest way to go with it. Right, yeah. Uh, but then I, I think also, because of COVID, that would have looked like you were making some sort of mask statement. Uh, so yeah, they probably. couldn't do that. Yeah. Do you think uh, if but like, this is around... In the mid 2010s, and he was like really into Instagram. He would have another one that has like a duck face mouth on it. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Just for I, the selfies, for the yeah. gram, you know, it's for the gram. Yeah. Back when Instagram was photos. What I do really like about the mask is that it looks to me like uh, Savini, and I can't remember the name of his partner that that did this, but it looks to me like they had in mind like okay this guy is making this himself at home i was wondering about that yeah the exterior texture isn't smooth it's kind of like rough and like the there's like 
places where you can see kind of maybe gouges and stuff in it and whatnot. Just kind of like it's imperfect, even though it's still very much professional and very clearly perfect. I'll um, tell you another problem I have with that, though. So even okay. with it in mind that it's supposed to look like he made it himself, mm-hmm. the the aesthetic of it does not look like 1978 to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they the the design is is obviously like uh, as as we've said, it the one without the mouth is clearly just ghost. But the design is based off of the Lon Chaney character from London After Midnight, um, which it seems like you know if uh, you or I were an adult at that time, we wouldn't know that, but. Tom Savini, I think, in his own mind, he's thinking of himself as someone who made masks. Like, he was obsessed with special effects history and stuff, so he knew about that. So maybe this guy would know about that. But it is, yeah, it's a stretch, I think. But for a guy who's not a special effects guy as a profession, like, this is just a hobby he does. Mm -hmm. But, I, yeah, it, it does seem to not be as 70s a design as, or late 70s design as you might expect yeah and i'll say like you know even though i wasn't alive in the late 70s i've watched some movies and stuff from that era and that's about the only thing that this movie seems to not really catch right the the feel of this flick like the aesthetic all the stuff uh, as far as like the way people are dressed and the way people act and the soundtrack all feels very appropriately late 70s to me. I, yeah, I do really uh-huh. like the vibe and the setting of this. I know that a yeah. lot of people are just like, I'm so over retro movies. Blah. Yeah. Guess what? That's not new, people. No. Like, this well, isn't a new thing. It's definitely not going to go away because cell phones kind of ruin horror in a lot of ways. So yeah. going back to a pre-cell phone time has always beneficial. I was thinking uh, about this. What if, like, in every horror movie henceforth, like, the opening scene is just, like, you know, let's say the, the camera's, like, panning through a small town. It's like a Haddonfield kind of town, right? You're uh-huh. just picking up on little bits of conversation from people that are walking down the street. It's clearly 2022 where this movie is set. Uh-huh. And, like, as the camera glides by, like, two people, I think one of them says... Oh, shucks, I just remembered, I need to make a phone call. Gosh, I wish somebody would invent a phone that I could use while I walk around. Well, anyway, like it's every movie is just set in an alternate future yeah. where there's no cell phones. That's yeah, all you have yeah. to do. This is, just a yeah, little exposition. This is alternate 2022, no cell phones. The no cell yeah. phone reality. They haven't figured yeah. it out yet. Everything else is the same, but we haven't quite figured out how to yeah. make cell phone yet, you know? I, th- I, like, I, I think... Yeah, I think though it is it is a a valid complaint that it is happening a lot more now, but I think that's because people have recognized yeah, you can set stuff in the past and then you just don't have to deal with all the modern technology things that are problematic for good storytelling. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I yeah, I I think that's a, a dumb complaint as well. I agree. Like it I like stuff that's set in any era as long as they capture the era well and this worked well for me too because especially you know late 70s it's like this is when america was in their super killer heyday i mean this is the age of bundy and gacy and Dahmer and 
I mean, a lot of our most notorious killers are around at this time. I mean, this is when crime in America was crazy fucking high, <laughs> like lunatic high. Look at how many people were getting killed a year in New York City around this era. It'll blow your fucking mind. Things are so much safer now than they ever were. Yeah, yeah, it's it's only gotten safer and safer and safer since the 70s. Uh, so anytime somebody's talking about crime wave or whatever, they, they're full of shit. They're full um, of shit. Yeah. But this, this definitely captures the feel. I mean, obviously, I wasn't alive in 78, but it still captures for me the feel of being a child in the 80s of the uh, ever-present stranger danger we were told about. Stranger danger. That carried yeah. over into our childhoods right there, man. Yeah. And this this movie, I think, like this movie is 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 playing on fears from that time. So, like, Stranger Danger was like we we were told, you know, not talk to strangers, don't trust strangers, etc. All this, um, and the whole idea was to stop, you know, these child child murders and kidnappings and things. Keep in mind, uh, we grew up during the Satanic Panic, where right, yeah, we were told this happened and it didn't, so. yeah. And it didn't. And in the Stranger Danger, uh, overall, the campaign ended up being very bad uh, because what it did was instill in people a fear of strangers when statistically your relatives, uh, your romantic partner, your brother or sister are more likely to kill you than any stranger out on the street. But let's be honest here, okay? Just look at the brass tacks. Stranger Danger is a hell of a lot more fun to say than yeah. uncle or pastor danger. That's not right. fun at all. <laughs> yes, you're correct. Right? Um, I mean, the closest you could get is pastor bastard. That's pretty fun. <laughs> it is fun, but it doesn't pastor really bastard. get across the danger element. <laughs> I might start like, a fucking crust punk band called Pastor Bastard. Hang pastor on. Pastor <laughs> Bastard is a rad <laughs> That's name. That's a sick name, dude. Pastor Bastard. <laughs> I like but, it. Okay, so the stranger danger than like uh, what what it was really doing. Like a lot of the problem with it is that um, it made kids who could feel like they could go tell another adult what was happening to them feel like oh I can't talk to them either because something worse will happen to me than what's happening at home, which is portrayed well in this movie. Uh, the rampant child abuse. Ooh, man. That Ooh. was common for a long time. Uh, yeah. This movie portrays what, you, you know, anybody watching it now will look at and say, that's child abuse. Uh, in 1978, what you see in this movie, the, the father played by uh, uh, fucking Jeremy Davies, uh, what the father is doing wasn't even illegal. Uh, no, huh? Honestly... By today's standards, unless you caught that on video, um, and unless you had enough evidence, a lot of judges that are pro-corporal punishment probably wouldn't have a problem with this either. Yeah, that's true. So, there is a pretty vicious uh, child-beating scene in this where alcoholic yeah. dad beats his uh, young daughter with a belt. It's yeah, it's well, rough, I mean, man. The way it's shot, though, you don't ever see anything. And that's... I think they did a good job in shooting it. Like you feel That's the entire true. time, like you're huh. seeing everything. It you is totally hear. the same effect as like I, I swear I saw that woman get hung on the hook in Texas Chainsaw. Right. I was like, no, mm-hmm. no, you didn't actually. Yeah, that was. You know what? Now that you pointed out, I didn't see a belt hit an ass or anything. Yeah, 
Yeah, they do the noises. You hear the noises. You see him. You see his face. You see him like angrily like swinging the belt, but you never see any impact. And she's which crying. Was like, and, yeah, know. and she's doing a great job of really selling like this this just emotional trauma. It's hard uh, to watch. It's fucking hard to watch. It is very hard to watch. Hard to watch. The, I mean, she's great. The, that actress, Madeline McGraw, like she, she's probably one of the strongest actors She's fantastic. in this movie <laughs> with and that's a lot to say with you got ethan hawk and jeremy davies and fucking uh james ranson and it, it's a solid cast overall but the, the kids do a great job but that scene specifically she is selling the shit out of it shit yeah man i mean we're we're dudes that grew up in the 80s in the south you ever get yeah. popped with a belt by your old man or anything <laughs> Well, my dad wasn't around, so my I didn't mom, think he was there. Yeah, yeah, no, I uh, yes, uh, by by my mom, by my grandmother for sure, by my yeah. grandfather. Yes, I have been, I've had my ass whooped for sure, and Word. I think it's a terrible fucking thing to do to your kid. It's clearly abuse. I heard my my brother get it a couple of times from dad when I was a kid, and it it sounded so not fun that I either just behaved good or figured out how to not get caught by whatever my brother did you know that's what it tends to instill in children is learning how to not get caught and also yeah. learning how to manipulate um but it also seems to instill a ton of anxiety um which oftentimes looks like a child who is, is very engaged in thought but really is a child who is dealing with trauma and thinking about all the terrible things that might happen to them if they do anything wrong um this this definitely like does a good job of displaying that as part of the theme of the movie uh which seems to be just literally that there this was a more violent fucking time i was gonna say dude like honestly now that i'm thinking about this movie and everything that you're talking about like yeah I saw the quote-unquote normal people, the dad, the other kids, engage in far more direct violence than you see the grabber do in the movie. That has to be deliberate. Like, I don't don't think we ever really see Ethan Hawke, like, fuck anybody up. He tries to, clearly. I mean, well, he he kills kills his brother, but uh, yeah, we're told by the kids, like, of of what's going to happen. And, and like, um, you know, our, our main guy, Finney, who has grown up in this abusive household and clearly has figured out a way to just kind of blend into the background and kind of keep himself from danger. And, and when, you know, when he does end up getting bullied and in fights, he doesn't really fight back. Yeah. Like, that... The fact that he's not fighting back and whatnot is the reason why we don't see him getting beaten up. Like all the others had fought back or tried to escape or whatnot, and he's he's like he, his like tendency to not do that. He he's like holding back and waiting for the right moment, and yeah. then that 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 moment. But yeah, we don't see the grabber do the violence. We're seeing the parents do violence. We're seeing bullies do violence. Yeah. Uh, the grabber's violence is all implied though it is here's, obviously worse <laughs> yeah. he's, mur- he's murdering kids well here's the thing about it is like you could kind of if we're going full analytical paul uh podcaster bullshittery here it's like you could analyze this a lot of different ways and i think uh-huh. 
depending on your perspective, you could see that a lot of different ways where you're like, oh, he got his fair share of ass whoopings. It made him tough. And look, he mm. beat the bad guy. Like you could you could take that message from it. Sure, you could. Um, you could take the message of his, you know, being passive and allowing these things to happen to him is what keeps him alive. So don't even mm. fight back. Be passive. Like you could take that mm. from it, I think. Sure, maybe. Depending on your perspective. I don't think the movie's trying to say that. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I think, yeah, those are probably the two simplest, more, more like black and white versions of looking at it. But I think, yeah, I think it's, I think the movie is definitely saying, I don't know, because like one of the most, uh, I don't know, the characters I find I respected the most is the bully of the bullies. Like, yeah, I yeah. like that kid a lot. And like, the movie doesn't do anything to say that what he is saying is wrong, which is what makes me think the movie is kind of saying like, hey, sometimes you got to punch people in the mouth. <laughs> like, yeah. sometimes you got to make them bleed to fucking send a message. Uh, and that that's an interesting thing. You don't see that a lot in, in movies where the message seems to be like, sometimes violence is the answer, bro. Yeah. Well, and, you know, again, this this kind of discussion about the violence in the movie, it's got me thinking, too, where, you know, one of my complaints about this flick was that scene where we do see the grabber engage in violence, where he hatchets his brother in the head and kills him, just one shot kills him. Um, I think that that's really weak and not realistic looking. Like, I think that kill is pretty fucking lame. The sound effect is not very good. There's, like, CGI blood that squirts out, like... I thought that that violence looked really lame, especially considering how visceral the fucking kid-on-kid beatings, the dad-on-kid beatings were earlier yeah. on in the movie. It almost makes me wonder, and again, maybe I'm full of shit here, if this is doing an Ichi the Killer kind of thing where it's portraying, like how Ichi the Killer shows like violence versus men and violence versus women very differently, like very uh-huh. fucking differently. Yeah. Um, it's almost saying like when you think of this era and you think about serial killers, it is this mythical, unrealistic, oh, John Wayne Gacy, he had kids in his crawl space and Jeffrey Dahmer drilled holes in kids' heads and it's almost so fantastical that it's comic booky or fictionalized to us. Yeah. When mm-hmm. in reality, real violence was happening every fucking day in households and schoolyards and that right. was the real violence of the era that we forget about. You know yeah. what I'm saying? There was a ton of it too, yeah. And it was, yeah, it, it was all over. It was, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> we, I, I know, like, there's regular conversations about what lead did to people's brains, but a I, lot. A it lot. did a lot. It did a lot. That was a very violent era for no fucking reason. Yeah. If you're um, lo- if you're wondering what we're talking about, just look up baby boomer lead poisoning theory. Right. It answers every fucking question. It answers every <laughs> it fucking answers question. I'm not joking. Lot. Uh, microplastics yeah, are probably going to do the same to us, but oh god damn it, <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, the the movie definitely like it is presenting. Um, it is presenting. I think what you're saying, like it's kind of like the true crime as entertainment phenomena. Yes. Like the the way that it just shows like this mythical sort of killer who's got this like trademark look and all this stuff and then the dead kids are just kind of an afterthought not to say the movie's making them an afterthought but like the, the victims yeah yeah the 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 victims are are not at the forefront of the story normally 
and this does a good job of of making them not just victims like they're True. not just in the background yeah, yeah mm-hmm. the, these are these kids all have their own personalities they don't have to be likable like what's his name the pinball kid like they are who they are kids a hard they, ass shit yeah uh, they they are who they are and they they deserve recognition as human beings and that's uh i read that that's why tom savini t- took this like he he has a policy doesn't like to do movies where kids get killed mm-hmm. um but he read the script for this and apparently it was just like oh no okay so these are like fleshed out characters and the kids are they're heroic like they they are the heroes they teach him how to beat this guy who killed them so it's kind of like this team effort yeah yeah um, man that, and, those kid fights in the movie are fucking rough by the way they are they're brutal as shit like i and the thing is i <laughs> i just remember growing up seeing fights like that i was gonna ask uh, you like as somebody who was like yeah. homeschooled and very much away from that like would you see shit this rough I remember one time, like three or four guys jumped a dude, uh, and one of them had like a, uh, a a a lock for a locker in his hand. Ooh, uh, and the there was blood everywhere. Shit. And this was just like go to class. Like, Damn, school is crazy. It's fucking crazy. Yes, yeah, so we just watched. We just witnessed a traumatic event. Saw a guy maybe get brain damage, and then it was like, okay. English, I guess. <laughs> so let's cut open a frog, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh yeah, but I mean, fuck, that was that was the 90s. So like I yeah, I I think there's there's definitely like something to be said here about like all the violence and whatnot. But it it's also uh it's it's working just on so many other 80s tropes as well uh, beyond stranger danger. One of the things I noticed was like the 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 bit where he's like trying to escape through the refrigerator and he's like banging on the door i was like oh my god it's like that gi joe psa fuck yeah dude <laughs> don't get into old fridges like these yeah. are the things we were taught as kids because they have yeah, locks it, it, on the fucking things why yeah, it, it's really truly playing on very specific fears of the late 70s early 80s kids no shit um, man and, and and that's like it, to me it really was like i remember that psa and i remember like i also remember trying it because like <laughs> <laughs> well why not <laughs> yeah the psa obviously worked in the opposite direction yeah. for me i remember well, I trying it and getting in and you know it was just a regular like normal kind of now refrigerator that like i got into it like i moved a bunch of stuff out and got into it and then just pushed the door and it just opened and I was no like, deal. I get what's wrong? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> is it, do you just like, do they just get in there and then I don't know, get really cold? <laughs> I don't, I don't get what happens. They're scared. You're going to, you're going to get in there and eat all the food and get fat and get cold. Oh, that's the worry. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'll tell you the fucking late seventies, early eighties, uh, trope that to me was just unignorable in this movie that I really took from this. Okay. Well, what is it? All right. Hear me out here. Okay. You're telling me this grabber who makes his living as a part-time amateur magician mm-hmm. makes enough money yeah. to own two homes two and mm-hmm. have enough free time to go around killing kids? Listen, Steve. Okay. 
I have a rental apartment that I live in. I have a studio mm-hmm. that I rent. I technically have two two places of my own. Well, you don't own them. I so. rent them. I rent yeah. them. So it's like that's a changing economy right there. Right. I work my ass off. I don't have time to kill kids even if I wanted to. How do you right? cram that I, in? I don't have time I, to fucking dig holes in my basement and bury a child, much less all the fucking scaring them and making them scrambled eggs and so on. I ain't got time <laughs> for it. I got bills to pay. What a different time, dude. You could really engage in your hobbies back then. You you sure could. I, I really, like, <laughs> I Can't thought, do that now. like, at the end, I was like, oh, the two-house thing I wasn't a big fan of. But then I was like... Wait, maybe they're just making a little sly statement like, oh, yeah, and this guy could afford two houses. <laughs> you know, maybe that's honestly why, like, crime has gone down and stuff is so many people are just like, man, I really want to go kill some kids, but god damn, I got to go pay the bills. I can't afford to kill the kids. No. You know how much time I, off that would take? I got to get some sleep before my next shift starts. I can't go killing I, a kid. No, I do not think economic <laughs> exploitation is keeping crime low. I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, clearly, you weren't listening to me. You'll listen to it back while you're editing and be like, yeah, no, and I'll be like, oh, right. no, he was right. He was <laughs> They're keeping us safer by making us all wage slaves. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, nope. guys. I can't rise up against my masters. I'm too busy working 60 hours a week. I'm tired, dude. Dude, that's the thing, too, man. Anybody working hard enough to have two fucking residences in a neighborhood now, listen, at the end of the day, you're too tired to kill a kid. You're too tired. Also, you don't need two residences. Sell the other one. Don't 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 rent stuff to people. Sell just sell it. People need houses. They don't need apartments. That's true. People need houses, yeah. That's yep. true. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's a different time, so, Steve. It's a different time. A different time, 1978. I, I think that this, um, it, it does some other things that I, I enjoy. I like the paranormal angle and the telepathy angle, and I think they're done so, like seamlessly that it wasn't to me the the moment we find out the girl has these dreams or whatever i wasn't like oh it's one of these like classic stephen king just throw in a a telepath for some reason type of things it actually felt kind of organic to the the feel of the world i so that was the thing that i thought about too is like i was kind of questioning this for a little while where i was like man the police sure are apt to trust this little psychic yeah. girl. Maybe, maybe they know she's in a Stephen King story. <laughs> That's true. That's probably what it was. <laughs> what it got me thinking about, too, though, is especially if you've if you've read up on true crime and stuff from this era, you got to think, man, like, this is the 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 late MK Ultra era, where yeah. poli- police and the government and the FBI and the CIA were still very interested in ESP, telekinesis, yeah. telepathy, mm-hmm. Um, this was actually still a very valid thing. Like police were mm-hmm. consulting psychics and mediums to find yep. clues for crimes back then. Like it's not a stretch to be like, oh, there's a psychic girl neighborhood. Let's talk to her. That's actually not a stretch, honestly, in based case in reality. You ever get tricked by propaganda and all the forensic shows that are like, oh, they're like scientists or whatever. No, they're they're dummies. They're dummies. <laughs> they used to rely dummies. on mediums because yeah. they gave hippies acid and studied them, guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, and they're stupid. like, I think this might work. Where's that dead kid at? Uh, I see a forest. Um, <laughs> uh, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I know where she is, bro. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to follow sure? the dead around to, to catch her. I met her backstage at Almond Brothers show, bro. 
So, yeah, honestly, I don't think that's unrealistic that they were taking her seriously about this. No, yeah, I mean, it's, it is silly, but it, yeah, it's probably not entirely unrealistic. And I, 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 I do love that character. I, uh, Emily immediately identified her as Mimi from Psycho Gorman. Dude, she has got big Mimi energy for yeah, sure. Yeah, she's got big Mimi energy, except probably less murderous, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. A little less well, even murderous like, than Mimi. It was so funny in this movie, too, because like I had picked up on that as well, where she's like hyper aggro and like talking shit to these cops and stuff. And yeah, dude, I awesome. love when kids cuss, especially Me at too. adults. Always a sucker yeah. for that. And then yeah, like later the on in the movie where she's like, she's doing her prayers and stuff, and she's like, Jesus, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> like, she, I was like, yeah, this is she, Mimi, dude. She definitely has her like breaking the cross over your knee moment. Yep. It's it's yep. rad. I I <laughs> and I think like I wonder if they saw that and they were like, ooh, give her that kind of Mimi spunk, or if that's just more like um, it was book. already kind know. of written that way because it it is eighties. It is like late seventies, early eighties child type of thing. Bad news bears, kids cussing, badass little sister, yeah, badass little sister, yeah. All that stuff's pretty normal from that time period. So yeah, I, I, I'd say it's probably just kind of a coincidence. But they both, She's awesome. like, both actresses are amazing. So you know, to be compared to to Mimi, I think is probably a compliment. I'm gonna say that's a good thing, man. She's got a lot of range in this too, where it's like initially yeah. when we see her, yeah, she is. Um, spunky attitude little sister who gets involved in the fights and shit yeah, too, she which like I thought was slams crazy. that kid with a rock just yeah right in the head it's great and then <laughs> she has the uh, the ultra you know um ultra intense getting beat by her dad scene where she's Oof. you know in pain and in agony and scared yeah. she plays that extremely well but then also like her connection with her brother like those two as brother and sister yeah. who have like clearly clearly been through some shit and they're all mm-hmm. that they have for each other i, I yeah. really believed their connection in the movie i thought that those yep. two kids did a fucking phenomenal job i thought that they're yeah. excellent i think i think like some of uh you know there, there's, there's some stuff we'll talk about where like you know i i think people watching would clearly be like why would you do this why wouldn't you do that one of the things that i kind of had a question about is why does he give the grabber the wrong name when the grabber very likely knows his name and then i was thinking about it and i was like probably to save his sister like what if what if the grabber doesn't know his name he's probably just trying to protect her yeah yeah that's true hadn't thought about that yeah because you know back then it's like you could probably just look up the last name in the yellow pages and right and then maybe go over there and yeah like it's i yeah i think he was probably just trying to save his sister i mean he's a he's a kid too there's there's obviously these excuse of uh, stranger danger uh, don't tell him your name 13 year old yeah would would know to not tell the the stranger their name yeah that's definitely something that we were told as kids is yeah, yeah don't tell anybody your name and shit yep yeah, and hmm. he that yeah, I didn't really think too far into that because he also like not long after that he's like if you touch me I'll scratch up your face or whatever and it's like I remember being told that like yeah. if if, uh, if an adult tries to touch you where you don't want them touched like you just leave a mark on them. Mhm. Yeah, identifying uh, mark, sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so yeah, there that is kind of what's going on there too. Like it's just like it, it is a world where I think people who grow up in that era and and you know i I think stranger danger continued through the 90s like i people who grew up in that era we were just told all these things and like watching this movie they're kind of reflecting that and some of the things might not 
make as much sense to a modern audience if if you just didn't experience it. But I think a lot of those things make sense. I do think there may be some justifiable questions. Uh, I I think you asked about the toilet lid. Why not use the toilet tank lid to slam the dude's head or whatever? I had a couple questions about that. that. Yeah, because ultimately it's like this kid ends up in this basement. He's got this pin that he's already cut this guy with. Yeah. Still still has that on him. Yeah. Here's another thing. Yeah, he's got the toilet tank lid in there. Holy shit, you can murder somebody with one of those things. They weigh oh, yeah, a fucking ton. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it shows him break through a fucking concrete wall with it later in the movie or plaster wall. Like, you could fucking fuck somebody up with that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Also, the grabber leaves him downstairs with like a huge, long, old school glass bottle. Dude, yep. you can make a shank out of that motherfucker so easy. I yeah I I think I think like all of these are valid and if uh, I as an adult were in his uh, shoes uh, well one when he goes up there and he's asleep I would have killed him like it would sure just been it right <laughs> but I'd, I'd go back downstairs uh, get that turtlet tank lid and fucking commode fucking, his ass <laughs> well there were there are not you can see it I uh, when you know he he opens the door and he's just sitting there in the chair there are knives behind him you just go over there grab one of those. Just a little stab in the old throat. A little stab, um, stab, sure. Yeah. I th- think, though, if I were 12 or 13, I probably wouldn't do that. I probably would not do that. Even though it makes all the sense in the world now as an adult. You respect a commode too much for that, is what you're saying. No, no, no. No, it's not that. I'm talking about the <laughs> knife thing. Um, oh. <laughs> I do think... Okay, so, like, uh, in it... Bev uses a uh, toilet tank lid to hit her dad, right? True. Yeah. Knocks him clean the fuck out. I, I want to go back to my statement about uh, this, uh, about Blumhouse using an algorithm. So much of this is cashing in on it and Stranger Things. I'm not saying that Scott Derrickson and uh, uh, Robert Cargill's uh, uh, script isn't good. I'm just saying I feel like they were given elements to include yeah. And I think maybe, maybe, just maybe, they thought, well, we can't do the the toilet tank lid because they did that in it, and it will be too obvious. Mm, but then Penny, they also Pennywise have, had commoding in it, yeah. Yeah, well, then they also have the uh, sister riding around in Georgie's uh, rain jacket. So I, I, know, I don't know, right? Like, okay, <laughs> like, so you're going to be on the nose about it, but you're not going to be on the nose about it? Okay. Yeah. Also, the big bouquet of balloons, too. Like, right? come on, man. This is Pennywise, and, and you right? also have James Ranson in here. Like, yeah. he's in it, chapter two. <laughs> I didn't recognize him in this. Like, I saw the guy, and I was like, man, I know him from something. And I looked it up later, yeah. and I was like, oh, shit, that's old Eddie, who is amazing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's great in this, too. Yeah, and he's, he's also... Uh, 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 kindly offer so, officer so and so and uh, sinister. He, he's really funny in that. Ah, yeah, role. yeah. But yeah, no, he he's um like it, the 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 way that this integrates so much of just what's kind of popular right now. I don't have a problem with it because they do it well. But it just in my mind, every time I see a Blumhouse movie, there's always so much where it's just like they this is just a tweet like that yeah they're, they're checking boxes is what you're saying yeah they're checking boxes. That, that was a popular reddit thread like what are we doing here right yeah i've read your sources sir yeah but here i think they did a solid job 
But you think a little kid couldn't go commoding an adult is what you're saying. I think, okay, I think there is an issue there where the uh, toilet tank lid and reach and things like that are going to prevent a child from being a, a, a kid that size from being able to use the toilet tank lid as a weapon. They are heavy. Yeah. And, and also, like, you, he have to be able to get close enough with a, like, if somebody's coming at you with a toilet tank lid... And they're like, you know, within kids' arm length from you swinging, you can just stop them from swinging it. Like, Maybe, yeah. I I think that they did do a good bit of thought as to like how a child of his size could actually overcome an adult who. I mean, we see Ethan Hawke with his shirt off in this. I wouldn't fuck with him. Dude, he's jacked. He's jacked. Yeah. Buff. Yeah. Yeah. So like, he has to have this kind of flawless plan and i think yeah just going at him with a toilet tank lid would have been a good idea for them to try you know maybe to build like some tension or whatever and then show that it doesn't work Mm -hmm. but they are clearly establishing that the the game is naughty boy so if he did a naughty boy thing that night he would get killed okay two things about that yeah for one let me Ben Shapiro you again. Let's say hypothetically, <laughs> <God damn> it, <laughs> you had a toilet tank and a mint arm. Now what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. With a okay, you're right. With a mint arm, that Maybe. does change the game. <laughs> you have a chance. So you know, as as far as like the the naughty boy game, uh-huh. which is talked about in here, uh, which is you know. He gets the phone call from the kid on the phone being like, don't go upstairs. He wants you to play the naughty boy game. Then you're going right. to get punished or whatever. Like, just hearing that, you're like, this is fucked up. And then it yeah. shows us that glimpse of him, yeah, sitting upstairs in a chair, just waiting with his shirt open and the belt. That's like yeah. the most grimy, fucked up part of the movie to me. Yeah, it's it like is. clearly something terrible is going to happen here. Yeah. Um, later on in the movie, whenever Finn does try to escape but then he gets caught in the neighborhood mm-hmm. and drugged back down yeah the grabber has this whole thing where he is like oh you're gonna get it now you're a naughty boy nothing happens though he just kind of throws him back downstairs doesn't he what okay is it, yeah that's it's supposed to happen that night like he like he 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 does he tries that early in the morning and then that night is gonna be the night that the grabber is going to kill him okay i guess i lost the the timeline right there where i was like i I thought this was going to be an immediate thing because like the the passage of time in the movie is really vague which i like where you're like who knows how long this kid has been in this fucking basement i like that about it yeah me too it it, it is like a little like you're not sure how long he's down there i'm i'm guessing just from the the way that he kills and like when he you know takes them it seems like within about a week so I'm guessing he's not down there that long. And he only had those two Sprite bottles, and we only see a couple of, of meals. So it's, it's about a week, probably. But yeah, the movie keeps you in this, like... You're you're kind of in his shoes, where you don't really know the full passage of time and everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool, man. And while he's down there, he's getting these uh, calls on the black phone, which is disconnected from the... Yeah. The, the spirits of these kids that have been killed by the grabber. Uh, and that enters into that, that right. supernatural element that you were talking about earlier in the flick, which I, I enjoy in a flick where 
there's supernatural stuff that's unexplained. It just is that way. I mean, like, right. Yeah. Just you know, ghosts it, it, exist. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. And like, when you explain it away, it gets lame. Like when you're like, well, right. the force happens because midi chlorians. Right. Like, <laughs> that just made it fucking lame. Thanks. Yeah. You know, when you explain away a lot of that stuff, it gets just really stupid to me. But I do have some questions about this entire supernatural um, magic that's happening where these kids can call okay. you from this disconnected phone. Right. Okay. For one, could these kids maybe not have contacted Finn sometime earlier? Maybe just like made house calls to every kid in the fucking neighborhood being like, listen, hey, this the is black what this dude looks like. Yeah. With abracadabra, don't go near it. Maybe they could have called the cops and be like, hey, yeah. I have an address, bitch. Like, go yeah. see him. Like it's, uh, I guess, I guess you have to have some kind of psychic ability to to hear what's on the phone or to hear the, hmm. the phone ringing. But I mean, they could have called the sister at the house or something, right? Well, okay. I mean, I I I have a theory that there is absolutely zero supernatural element. Okay. Um. Now. It's problematic, not problematic, but it it is um it is there's some problems with it. I just we'll talk it out here. The every single thing that he hears from the kids is kind of something he already knew from other kids, like and from the stories in the news and stuff. Yeah, or you could just it, look around the room and be like, oh, there's a there's a wire underneath right, this little thing. I yeah. can pull out. Sure. Yeah, and he, in my mind, I, I'm thinking he's kind of entertaining himself in his mind, and he's he's just a smart kid. He's figuring out all these things, but that there's a problem there. That being that one of the ghost kids tells him there's a refrigerator on the other side of a wall, and he couldn't possibly have known that. Uh, the bike lock code, you couldn't have known that either. Yeah, well, I mean, he may have seen it on the wall, because it's on the wall, but he had to uncover it when he hears about it, so... Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But the refrigerator, so, like, was, you're right, there's no way you could have known that. Yeah, I was watching it with this in mind, just like, okay, maybe there are no ghosts. Like, what are the proofs of the ghosts? Uh, and, and, like, um, we... We know, like, the the phone isn't connected, but the grabber does say he heard it ring once. Yeah, And yeah. then he does hear it again down in the basement later. He hears it ring. Like, he yeah. responds to the ring. Hmm. So that, it makes me think, like, while, it, you know, I ha I thought it was an interesting theory. Like, maybe he did this all himself. Like, it's really his brain just finding ways to cope. Like, he's... He's using information, but not realizing that it's information that he's gathering Absorbed, himself. Yeah. It, yeah, it could be. It's like a coping mechanism kind of thing. I mean, he um, could have heard the refrigerator through the wall. You hear a refrigerator compressor go on. Maybe that's it. So yeah, could be. Yeah, but, I suppose. But it seems most likely there are ghosts. <laughs> yeah, it seems that way. Well, so here's the thing: I got questions about too. Okay, so. If these ghosts, these dang old dead kids who are real dead, real, real yeah, dead kids. Super dead. Extremely not alive dead at all. Kids, um, if they're able to communicate through this this disconnected phone, mm -hmm. what else might constitute as a phone, just hear me out, that okay. maybe Finn could use to connect with these kids with? I'm just saying if he had a, a tin can and a string, could he just right. pick it up and be like, hello, dead kids? 
<laughs> Hello, you know, dead kids. Could he do Give the classic? Give me dead kids, please. You know, just like make a fist, extend your thumb and pinky finger and hold that up to your face. Hello, right. it's for Hello? me. It's dead kids. Could you do that? Yeah. I Is wonder. that now a phone? Is that now a phone? If it, if you do the classic banana up to the ear. Phone? Maybe you do, you put the shoe up to the face. Oh, remember, yeah, that's a classic dude, as well. Yeah. Back in the day, whenever everybody started getting cell phones, and I hated it because it was something different that I didn't do. Um, I that would frequently like walk. Ben. That doesn't like me at all. Um, mm-hmm. I would like walk by people on the phone in the grocery store and just like take my shoe off and hold it up to my face and be like, "Hello, yada yada, <laughs> little asshole kid." You showed them. <laughs> <laughs> I did show them. Yeah, definitely. As a guy who makes his living off of the phone now, I showed them. <laughs> asshole, damn dude. But you know, it's like at, at what point does something constitute a phone? Because even at the end of the movie, he's taken that dang old phone apart. He's cut the wire. He's filled it up full of dirt. It's disconnected. He's been beating yeah. the man with it. That thing is and still the, talkable. Their voices come through. Yeah, that. Yeah, that was kind of what made me think. Like, is any of this happening? But yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Like, it does seem like maybe the phone was for his benefit. Like. To, to get him, you know, because they do appear as ghosts, and he, he sees, uh, at the very least, sees, uh, what's his name? The the bully bully. Robin. The the bully who bullies I was, bullies. I was curious about that. It's like, yeah. are we seeing those, or is he? Because like later on in the movie, uh, the sister does see the ghost boys yep. corporally mm-hmm. in the flesh, but like yeah. a lot of the time I got the impression that Finn wasn't seeing him in the basement, and yeah. that was for our benefit. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I think maybe the phone was for his benefit. Like they were using the phone as a, a way to communicate with him without scaring him, so that he could. I guess so they oh, could I get understand. him. Right? Yeah. Because so if they it was could just like him, the plan to kill the grabber, basically. If we were just voices in his ear, that would probably make him think he's losing his mind or whatever. Right. So let's give him yeah. a medium he understands, a ringing right. phone. Yeah, and I, I think. I like I also like the idea that these ghosts like not only are they drawing on their own experience but it seems like they have like maybe taught each other and like all of this cumulative experience then they're teaching to him and that plan finally works like the <laughs> okay here's what's got me thinking about this though because <laughs> clearly these other ghost kids that have been murdered uh, they had some trial and error going on with their escapes, right. mainly error. It mm-hmm. also makes me kind of wonder if, like, with kid number, you know, like, let's say three that ended up down there, You're if right. Ghost Boys 1 and 2 were, like, trying to communicate through other means, and it was just like, damn it, like, ah, oh, shit, he died. It's because I tried to communicate with him as the voice of the toilet or something. <laughs> <laughs> he sat down to take a shit, and I was like, kid, run away! <laughs> And he ran upstairs and got killed by the grabber. <laughs> Toilet's like, damn it. <laughs> well, that didn't help. <laughs> Not helping. Shit. I Next time it. I'll try to be the eggs. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, is a that is a little Maybe more palatable, your eggs talking to you. <laughs> yeah, more than the mm-hmm. toilet. I think so. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Stop shitting on me and listen. Ah. <laughs> 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 a real moaning myrtle type of it goes yeah. there yeah <laughs> that's exactly it way before the time of the harry potter right. yeah the Freak OG. Ass moaning myrtle moaning mm-hmm. myrtle right there man damn Woo. 
<laughs> so yeah, I got some questions about how this works and stuff, but you know, I'll I'll take it. I'll buy it. Um, let me let me ask you this. Go ask. Am I completely warped, desensitized, just mentally fucked that I didn't find this movie that dark? I think it thinks um, it's darker than it thinks it is. Maybe I'm fucked up. No, I I think um I think it's pretty dark in a certain way, but as far as like horror movies go, uh it, you're you're really just being told about most of the stuff. You're not you seeing are. it. You're not actually I mean, the child abuse scene is fucking brutal. Oh, it's rough, yeah. Very, um, now, that I will say. It's not like I'm like, that was a walk in the park. I watched right. it twice. Like, it's not like that. Like, But it, it is it is probably the most brutal part of the movie. Absolutely so. It's like a yeah. litmus test for you. It's like, which part did you think was the most fucked up? Definitely right. the part where the kid was getting beat by the belt, by the alcoholic right. dad, yeah. yeah. Elm Street dad up in this fucking piece. <laughs> Actually, a lot of the most, as as we said before, it's it's stuff that happens outside of the grabber's house because like Robin beats the shit out of that one bully, then those other bullies are beating up on uh, Fanny, and then, yeah, yeah, the child abuse scene, like yeah, it's that the worst stuff is happening out in the daylight or in just a a, a household, like yeah. And I'm treading a fine line here because I'm not saying like, man, really would have helped if I got to see that grabber molest no, and murder children. No. I'm not really saying that. But like, okay, let me put it to you this way. Just in terms of another fucked up serial killer type character that we've seen in a movie that is extremely terrifying, let's okay. compare him to, to one James Gum, one Buffalo Bill. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Like Buffalo Bill, we see him club that lady over the head with a cast right very similar like into the van type of situation yeah. very similar man but otherwise like we actually don't see him engage really in any violence in the movie do we we see the after effects right yeah but we never yeah. really see anything so here's what yeah. i'm thinking about man like here's what i'm talking about as far as like how i think this movie could have made the grabber seem more threatening made us feel the kid was in way more danger than he was so this movie doesn't have the what does the grabber do in his free time when he's by himself moment that Silence of the Lambs does. It doesn't have the going down into the basement, showing him at his sewing machine, doing his dance, listening to Q Lazarus scene. This movie right. never has that. Think about what a different movie Silence of the Lambs would be without that without scene. Without that, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, maybe that's that's a very conscious effort to not... To, to keep up mystery with him, to not give us any insight into Which I can argue is. for. Like, I, yeah. I can be cool with that. I can be cool with, like, the Michael Myers. He's fucked up because he's fucked up, and that's all you right. get. But, so, here's kind of what I'm saying as far as something that they could have done. I mean, because obviously you can't have a literal Sansa the Lambs moment in this. Right. But what if we had a moment in this flick that showed him at his job as an amateur magician, like let's say being hired at a kid's birthday party. Mm, okay. And we that get to would see be him, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, it's like he makes eye contact with one of the, the boys at the party. And then we find out that's one of the dead boys. Like mm. that could be fucked up and it's not showing us him murdering a kid or anything awful, but it's showing us 
he uses his position as a magician right. to get near kids. Like, yeah. that's fucked up. That would have been awesome in this movie. It is honestly very weird that you don't have a scene like that because he 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 seemingly doesn't use his position as a magician. He just uh, finds somebody alone enough and yeah. then is like, oh, my groceries. What? That's it. Yeah. Want to see a magic trick? You're in my van. You disappeared. Uh-huh. Like, that's that's it. I, I, I just think that could have built the character up. I, I feel like that kid wouldn't... Like, all the stuff that we were told with Stranger Danger, like, an adult asking you for help with his dropped groceries into the back of his van would have been like, no, <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think by then in the movie, they'd already talked about the black van anyway. Right. And they definitely had talked about the black balloons. Like, right. When, so he's, Whenever he Finn saw know. the black balloons, he shouldn't have asked, are those black balloons? He should have just right. fucking amscray, dude. Right. Now, I, we are kind of victim blaming. He is a kid. <laughs> but like, His fault, man. His fault. Yeah. I, I think it is kind of actually more of an issue for me, though, that now that, like you say, he it could have been organic to his his magician stuff and it yeah, could have made dude. more sense yeah that would have been better at the very least to just indicate that that's how he's done it in the past with some others i know and again yeah. that that is fucking stranger danger man like a guy yeah. who is using his position to get nearer to children that is yeah. dark but you also yeah. don't have to show anything no you so don't. you could get to away with it, it in a movie yeah I think that would have helped a lot personally. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think that's a that's a good call. That that would have been uh, not a not you know a long moment, but would have added a lot more to the the darkness of the character. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Otherwise, I think Ethan Hawke did a pretty cool job. I feel like he's yeah, kind he of does a great job. I think he's channeling a little bit of Pennywise. He's channeling a yeah. little bit of Johnny Depp, Willy Wonka, where you're like, you're yeah. definitely a child molester for sure. You know? Uh-huh. Yes. Um, there's, there's elements to what he's doing that I think are cool. Like honestly, more than the creepy stuff that he does, like with his affectations, with his voice and shit, which are, which are good and creepy. I think one of the creepiest parts of the movie is showing that part where he goes down to see Finn and he's like kind of morose. He's like, this is all just turning out fucked up. This isn't going as yeah. planned. Like he's like morose and upset about it. Like that shit that you hear from people that have survived serial killers and gotten away is like these mood fluctuations. These, yeah, it's not always this maniacal bad guy. It's like sometimes he would be really emotional and messed up and upset about stuff. I like that moment right there. I think that's fucking good. Yeah, me too. I think, yeah, I think they show that a few different, like, emotional ranges from him that just kind of indicate, like, yeah, you don't know. You can't read this guy. You're not going to know what you're going to get any yeah. particular day. Yeah. Including that one part where he, like, yells upstairs because his brother's upstairs and he's like, nothing. The dog was just barking at something. Shut the fuck up. Like, he just talks yeah. like a normal mean guy at that point. Sounds nothing yeah. like the grabber character. Yeah, he, yeah, we don't really get a ton of his character outside of the Grabber character, but yeah, he doesn't seem very nice to his brother, for sure. What's up with his brother? <laughs> that's that's an interesting question, because his brother, as a character, uh, I mean, I like James Ranson, and I like the, uh, the first scene that we see him in, where he's just basically coked up and talking to the cops about his weird theories about the Grabber. Yeah. Um, but... 
then our next scene is him realizing it's probably his basement checking the basement and dying. Like the character really doesn't. There, you, you need three points for an arc. Like there, there you go. Yeah, that's two. a straight line. It's yeah. a line. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't he, thought about it that way. That is all that he fucking does. Yeah, he needed a middle. So he needed a third scene in the middle there to really give us something because like. It's a, I mean, it's a funny, uh, like, little diversion, um, but it, it seems like a kind of useless character, especially considering, you know, he finds the kid but then dies immediately. There's just kind of no reason for it. Right. Well, it's like, well, that didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. But again, that's kind of, uh, I mean, that's that's uh, The Shining. That You know, we've seen that with Scatman Carruthers, so maybe yeah. that's just, Joe Hill was like, Dad, I don't know what to do here with this brother. <laughs> I think the brother <laughs> wasn't in the short story, though. I'm pretty sure it was added for the just for the the script. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. So I just I wonder about this because clearly him and his brother are pretty different. Pretty different. Yeah, very different guys for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like Max is just kind of this cokehead sort of dummy guy. Yeah, and obviously his brother is a a fucking child murdering lunatic i can't right. figure out does max live there was he visiting there i couldn't put that together he says he he says he's staying with his brother and he's from durango um and and i i'm guessing that he has come to stay with him after robin died i'm guessing okay and i'm also guessing that he's kind of been following all this and maybe that's why he came to stay because, like, it would be weird if he had come to stay after Robin got so obsessed with it. Actually, no, it wouldn't. I forgot how cocaine works. Oh, yeah. It would it make all the sense way. in the world that he'd get obsessed with this thing and already have these maps <laughs> and everything the figured out. together, man. Yeah. I'm just going to stay here another week. Fuck. Yeah. So, actually, yeah, no, it makes all the sense in the world. I think it just needed, yeah, just a third moment in there to give us some arc for the character. Like, maybe, I don't know. Maybe have him run into Gwen and be like, you know, have, have some of his gibberish about the killer or whatever. I don't know. Just something. something to give us a reason to care about him beyond that one scene. That's basically all that he does. You're right, man. Yeah. Like, And they play up this, again, very Silence of the Lambs. You went to the wrong house. The police are the wrong place. There's two right. houses. What the fuck? Was that a big thing for you? Because I thought that didn't really do much i thought it was kind of dumb i thought it was kind of dumb and they didn't need it yeah um and it it also kind of irritated me because they're sitting across the street from the right house the black van that they know about is sitting there god damn it it is (laughs) (laughs) like i Mm. and i also i kind of get the cops maybe not noticing it because honestly the cops aren't presented as heroes in this like no they don't they don't figure anything out they they they're they don't stop anything they don't figure anything out the kids solve everything all on their own um so to have the cops not notice it's fine but the fact that gwen who saw the the van in one of her dreams is sitting across the street and looking at the house and there's the van. Like mm. I think they could have, you know, still had the same exact ending, but just give us Gwen like before she sees him coming out the door, just have her look across the street, see the van and be like, "Oh, fuck" or whatever, and then he comes out the door. Yeah. Like 
that that changes nothing, but it just indicates that Gwen clearly sees the van that is there because I noticed again because I was like I noticed that when I watched it, and then when I rewatched it, I noticed when the cops show up, the van is not there. It's just a continuity error, I guess. Oh, okay. When the cops show up, the van's not there, and then when they uh, again like are showing it later, you can see the van there. It's I think it's just a continuity error, or maybe. Hmm. They originally shot it that he got there while the cops were across the street. And then hmm. they were like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's that's kind of a problem, man. And it doesn't yeah. do the thing that, like in Sons of the Lambs, where there's two locations and the right. cops go to the wrong house. Like, yeah. And they're really far away from where right. Cleary so Starling like is. Some sort of stakes. Yeah. Them being far away rather than directly across the street. And she's down in the basement. She's by herself being stalked by this lunatic in night vision goggles. There's fucking uh-huh. corpses in bathtubs, and you figure out the cops are at the wrong place. At that point, as a viewer, you're like, this is hopeless. She yeah. is fucked. Like, yeah. it, this movie doesn't have that. Like, he, uh, the no. kid is down there fucking beating the shit out of Ethan Hawke with a yeah. phone packed full of dirt while this is happening. You're like, well, yeah. he'll be fine. He'll be all right. Yeah. He'll be fine. Like, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, it does. There's not a lot of tension to that reveal. So, yeah, I, I think it was kind of useless. Except to do what I think uh, the movie was clearly trying to do is not present the cops as the problem solvers. Yeah, yeah, yeah because for sure. they rarely actually do you know catch the criminal or find the kid or whatever and in this case it was it was a family member who found him uh well he found himself he walked out the door (laughs) yeah got it yeah yeah (laughs) all right it's it's cool so yeah they didn't even need the cops there at all but i i think it it just kind of indicated that gwen gwen did the smart thing instead of you know trying to go into this house by herself um as as a you know what 11 year old girl or whatever she she called in reinforcements yeah um but yeah that that whole it's all kind of muddled there as to why you need any of that because he's down in the basement solving the problem yeah it did give me a scare for a second though when the cops go in and the house is empty yes but yet we're seeing like the boy down there in the basement fighting this guy i was so fucking worried for a split second that it's gonna be like oh they were ghosts all along and gwen is like (laughs) my brother died six years ago i still talk to him all the time i see ghosts like for a split second i was like please don't fucking do this to me movie please don't thankfully it did terrible what i do wonder about though is like after the events of this movie you know finn and what's his sister name is it gwen gwen Mm -hmm. they go back home alcoholic dad he gets drunk he loses his temper and shit he raises that belt up do you think finn like grabs him by the arm and he's like dad I beat a guy to death with a phone. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to do? Do you really want to? I I think Don't it's fuck great with that, us. <laughs> I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's great that the they have you know the dad apologize but don't have the kids accept the apology. Yeah, that was that um, was good. It's not like yeah. a, it's all is forgiven. Everything's right. good now. Yay! Yeah. Picnic time. It wasn't really that. Yeah. I, and well, and the thing is, like, I think Jeremy Davies plays the character really well, the dad character really well, because like, he it's it's clear that he is trying to save her from committing suicide. Like, yeah, it's he, sad. his methods yeah. are terrible. He is wrong in every aspect, 
but his wife had this same gift and it drove her to suicide. Now, he thinks it drove her to suicide. Clearly, nobody believing her probably drove her to suicide, but probably. Yeah. Uh he he is he's clearly like wrong in so many ways, but he thinks he's doing the best he can. So like his his moment there at the end is kind of realizing he was wrong the whole time and probably wrong with his wife as well. And also to not give him the oh it's okay dad type of thing is perfect because yeah this the type of abuse he's been uh, dealing out it would take you know a long time to be able to forgive him sure so to not have the kids just be like it's fine daddy happy family or whatever is, is right. great yeah i like that i think that that was a good move and then they can all just you know retire to the carolinas where they clearly <laughs> reside <laughs> yes and live a happy life welcome to denver north carolina <laughs> <laughs> Why even bother saying it's in Colorado? like the Appalachian Mountains. Dude, like, you can just look around at this and be like, I don't know, that looks like it's in the fucking southeast, dude. It does <laughs> yes, not it look like fucking Colorado, dude. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And they didn't have to make it Colorado. I th- That was just like a, a I think uh, it's, D- Scott Derrickson grew up in the area or whatever, and it was kind of just like he wanted to capture the feel of of his own experience, but it's like, if you're shooting in North Carolina, don't, I mean, don't piss on my leg and tell me it's Colorado. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna try that next time I see you. Yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm not pissing on you. This is Colorado. This is Colorado, sir. Sir, oh, okay. this is Colorado. Oh, oh, okay. I was mistaken. Um, I'll say another positive. I think the soundtrack in this is really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um uh, the guy who uh, did it. Fuck you, uh, Mark Mark Corvin. He um. Has, he also did The Witch and The Lighthouse. Yeah, awesome. Great. Yeah. Cool. He, yeah, he did a good he, job. He clearly kicked ass in this. And I, I, I think like a lot of... Because I, I did watch it with my headphones on once. And I think it was really good sound design too as well. Like It does. They yeah. use sound well in, in this. I think so. And I like the licensed music too. How it's not like every A-list DC movie right. soundtrack hit. It's it's kind of deeper yeah. cuts by like Sweet and shit like that. Yeah. There are a few like, you know, A-list 70s tunes in here, but um, I like that it kind of strayed off the beaten path right there and gave us some B-sides. I thought that was good and a little bit more realistic. I think mm-hmm. one of my biggest problems that I had with this movie, and it's not it's not even really a fault of the movie itself. Right. It's of the marketing for the movie because... Uh-huh. There was not one surprise for me in this flick because when I watched the trailer for it a couple weeks ago, actually even before we decided to do it for the show, yeah, um, I watched the trailer and it it just spells out everything that happens in this movie. Like I had oh, that zero surprises. Yeah, where it's just like, okay, there's a kid, kid gets grabbed, kid hears dead kids over the phone, his sister psychic. Like I knew all of that going into this. Because wow. of the fucking marketing. And also, like, the movie poster, which is just Ethan Hawke in that fucking mask, it takes away that surprise or shock yeah. because I've already fucking seen it. Yeah. I, I hate it whenever uh, horror stuff, especially, just ruins the entire thing. And it's, uh, yeah. it's a tough, tough ground to tread because if you don't tell people enough, you might not get asses in seats. If you tell people too much, it makes it a boring watch for them. I mean... Like I said, like no spoilers or anything like that, but 
Barbarian did such a good job of not preparing me for what was in the movie, but uh-huh. also what it did show me in the trailer. I was like, this doesn't look any good. But mm. it made it so surprising for me when I got in the theater and saw stuff that I didn't see in the trailer. Hmm. I hate trailers. Trailers can ruin it, man. I, I get it. I, and I, honestly, like, yeah. I, I get your point where you're like, you don't watch them because of what I yeah. just said. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. And I think I think maybe from here on out, like if it's a movie that we're doing for the show that I've never seen, I'm not going to watch a trailer. I watched the trailer. Think that's a good call. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I watched the trailer for this a few weeks ago because it was a really, really, really busy couple of weeks for us, and it's like yeah. our our time is kind of precious. And it's like if we're going to sit down and watch a movie, we don't want to watch a piece of shit. Right. Um, weirdly enough, we sat down and we watched the trailer for this, then the trailer for They Slash Them. The trailer for They Slash Them looked better than this, so we watched it. That movie's fucking Ooh. terrible. I know. Yeah. Um, so that's why I even watched the trailer is because I was like, I don't want to really waste my time on something that's not very good, so let's check yeah. out the trailer. But it, it sold the whole movie to me, dude. It told me everything. Yeah. Yeah, I hate that. I think, you know, um, you know, trailer, I, I, for me, I, I just... I can't do them and like even if it's a a movie that I'm interested well especially if it's a movie I'm interested in I just don't want to know I'd rather go in kind of blind but I do get what you're saying though because like obviously most people are are getting use the trailer as their gauge of whether or not they're going to go see it especially if you're spending money on a movie ticket you know again if you're single if you're you know parents or a single parent and you're going to spend two hundred dollars at the end of the day after paying childcare and shit to go see a movie i'd watch a trailer yeah and i think also like you they could have you know made a trailer where they just kind of centralized the mask and just kind of showed ethan hawk in the real like sinister moments and just hide the 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 ideas of the movie itself I feel like that could have worked just fine, but it also would have had a backlash too, where it's like, well, I don't know what this movie's about at all. Too vague. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows, you know? Yeah. It's a tough one. It, it is tough. Uh, I, I can't imagine trying to sell a horror movie because you, you really, so much of, of horror is, uh, surprise. The tension is not knowing the surprise. Yeah. Just really yep. not having an idea what's going to happen. So yeah, that sucks. Yeah, so I wish I wouldn't watch the trailer. I probably would have enjoyed this movie more. Do you have any other more, uh, yeah. uh, remarks, criticisms, commentary about this movie? Um, no, not really. I think uh, honestly, like as far as Blumhouse movies go, you know, they're always kind of hit or miss. And for me, this is um, this is much more of a hit than a miss. Um, yeah. I I think it it's not perfect. I can't imagine I'll like be rushing to watch it again no, anytime huh? soon. But if I'm going to slap a number on it as far as my enjoyability for, you know, just watching it the first time and then watching it for the show, I think it's about a, it's probably about a six for me. It's a, it's a solid movie. It's got some moments. It really, like even, uh, the, the, the moment where the, he first kind of has his experience with a ghost and you see the ghost behind his shoulder and it, that, that kind of got me and I like to, I like to get got. Um, so I, I enjoyed the movie and I do, you know, I, I remember when I watched it the first time I recommended that people watch it and I still do. Like, I think, I think it's solid. Yeah, it's fine. 
Like honestly, I, it, it looks good. It shot well. Soundtrack's good. The kid acting, Ethan Hawke acting, the mm-hmm. the dad, uh, the alcoholic dad. I mean, he's hateable, obviously, but yeah, good performance overall. Yeah, Jeremy Davies is great. Yeah, yeah. The bones of the movie are, are all good things. I just I was never really that thrilled. I never thought it got mm. that fucked up. It was a lot of stuff I'd seen in other movies, uh, only not done as good. Honestly, okay. So, but but again, it's it's fine. Is it a piece of shit? No. Will I never watch it again? No. I, I could be coerced into watching this again sure. with somebody that hadn't seen it. But I'm in no rush. I'm gonna go a little bit lower. I think this is like a four and a half or a five. Just middle of the okay. road for me. Middle Fair. of the road. Yeah. yeah. This might be my new five. My new like. Yeah. This your is my middle, middle of the road. Of the road. Is yeah. it? Is it black phone? Gotcha. Okay. Right. It might be that for me now. So. Not terrible, but I don't know. It seems like a lot of people have really, really, really enjoyed it, and I'm, I'm glad yeah. for that. Hey, you know, it's not a remake or a sequel. Cool. Yeah, something original. I mean, it's, it's as I said, it's it's got uh, several earmarks of, of popular things around the time, but it's its own thing, and that's yeah, cool. So that's cool, at least, man. So I don't know. Check it out. Let us know what you think about it over on the Facebook group, our Instagram page, our Twitter page, everywhere you can follow us, which you can find over on our link tree. Just look up link yeah. tree dead and lovely. You'll find all of our stuff. Give us a follower on there. Hang out in that Facebook group with us. That's where you can also stay up to date on details for our upcoming meetup, our second Ooh. annual dead and lovely meetup here in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is happening uh, November the 4th. May That's the November right. the 4th be with you, as they say. <laughs> they right? say that always. Remember, remember, the November 4th be with you. That's the one, man. Yep. So come down to Tennessee, hang out with your boys, have a co-beer, and chat with fellow horror nerds like ourselves, and also support the show on Patreon. Yeah, patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there, become a patron on any level. You get access to our Patreon-exclusive episodes. As I said, there's going to be an addendum to the uh, the, the Pearl Minisode. Uh, Anna and Emily and I are going to be talking about uh, trying to avoid talking about the exact same things that <laughs> you guys talked about, but adding in a little of our own two cents. And then also the Treehouse of Horror episode that I recorded with Emily. I will tell you this right now. It's coming out next Friday. It's hilarious. My wife oh, is yeah? funny as shit. Like, well, look at that. You're going to love it. All uh, right. But. If you become a, a patron on $5 level, you get to submit a movie to the Smoking Bowl, and then we Ooh. draw from that Smoking Bowl, and then we review the movie. We draw from the Smoking Bowl. In fact, we're going to be doing it next week. That's right. So tune in on Saturday to our social media for the Patreon drawing video. And I might Damn even right. be wearing a shirt this time. Look out. Uh-oh. Shirt required. <laughs> So, yeah, hang out with your boys, support us, and again, rate and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can write a review, including a bathroom stall wall for a good time. Listen to <laughs> Dead and Lovely Horror Podcast. Keep it going. I love this organic marketing, y'all. Yeah, like, if you if you uh, go out to eat somewhere and you tip you tip well, and I mean well, uh, also just on the on the receipt, just include like, by the way, listen to Dead and Lovely. It's That's an a good thing extra to do. tip, you know? Yeah, yeah. That way your server is like, wow, generous tippers listen to the show. Must be good people. Turns yeah. out they're right, too. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a bad tipper, please don't. Please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> then your server is going to go and like listen to this episode and be like, they recommended I listen to this show where they talked about Slater spinning around on a <laughs> stool or something? <laughs> Weird. I don't get it. <laughs> oh, man. That seems like two hours ago. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, thanks again for tuning in. Tune in next week whenever we are talking about that Patreon uh, pick. And uh, don't get grabbed. Yep. Don't get grabbed. You know? <laughs> Please don't. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>So, Ben, other night, yeah, I was hanging out with my pal Harold, and um, he was playing some records, busting out some cool stuff, a little Marty Robbins in there, mm, all right. a little Smashing Pumpkins, uh, pulled out the kids' soundtrack, which uh, he he associates with me because we used to listen to it all the time back in the day. Okay. That's a great I've never record. seen that movie. Yeah, I've never seen it, so I don't know the soundtrack. Uh, I don't know how the movie stands up. I loved it as a kid. I think now as an adult, I'd be more concerned. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, the, the fucking that that soundtrack album is amazing. It's mostly uh, Folk Implosion and Daniel Johnston. It's Tight. fucking rad. Yeah, but um, he busted out this other record though. I was not expecting, and we didn't listen to it, but I, I really I really need to hear it. He has this record that is Elvis's like 1972 tour. It is like the best of his stage banter in no. between songs. What? <laughs> it's a whole record of just banter. <laughs> Record of Sign Elvis me the fuck banter. up. Sign and me the fuck it's, up. You know, seventies like coked up Elvis. <laughs> so you know he's saying some crazy shit. Oh my god, I need this in my life, dude. I and so I was thinking about it, and I, I came up with a new character that I call Elvis Seinfeld. <laughs> okay, I'm already imagining where this is going to go, but continue. I am listening. All right, so here's Elvis Seinfeld. Type five. You ready? Here here we go. (laughs) What's the deal with being all shook up? (laughs) My hands are shaking. (laughs) Knees weak. Can't even stand on my own two feet, man. (laughs) Sounds like I need to go to a doctor, man. (laughs) This is good. Yeah, what's the deal with being all shook up? It makes you wonder. I hadn't really thought about that before. Y'all know how sometimes you're in a a jailhouse. (laughs) You get a little horny. <laughs> <laughs> this song is Jailhouse Rock. Okay, okay. It's short and simple, relatable. Everybody's been in the jailhouse and been a little randy. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Uh, y'all ever steal an entire genre music from people? <laughs> <laughs> okay, now it's just getting real. It's getting real. You know, it's getting uncomfortable. You know. Anyway, here's shake, rattle, and roll. <laughs> <laughs> Elvis Seinfeld. I like this. Yeah. And it works out, too, because both Elvis and Seinfeld married uh, a chick who was way underage, right? Oh, I think that's right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or Seinfeld was dating her. I don't know if they got married until later or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) Either way, they mesh together somewhat. (laughs) This is the comedy duo that people have been asking for. Yeah. Elvis Seinfeld. (laughs) Yeah.